Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoop Swirl on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World Late Night. It is Wednesday, March 25th, 2015. How's it going, Peter? It's going good. Looking forward to a big, big night. We got, uh, first of all, we're going to have Todd Mel, a good friend of mine who's also uh, involved in the Tower Gardens by Juice Plus, and I'm going to talk to him about uh, what he's got going on. Of course, we have Brewski's Beer Tasting. We got Anthony Davis, a former NFL USC great. We'll be chatting with him and uh, T Bone's timeout. So we got plenty to talk about, man. Yeah. You are uh, you're kicking some serious friggin' ass on that uh, March Madness. Uh, oh, I know. I can't wait for that stuff to get started up so I can prove that uh, my scientific method is the most superior way to uh, to draw any bracket. I see. I, <laughs> we made fun of you, but uh, success. <laughs> it's blind luck. It literally, literally is blind luck. I I flipped a coin sixty four times, and that's what you get. I do see that T Bone is catching up, though. I, I he uh, he suspect not too long from now. He will surpass me. He has pulled into a serious but, bout of second place. There. But I did notice that out of his final four candidates, uh, he's only got two remaining, and I have three remaining. So that could upset uh, his his comeback. I, I I am out. I'm out. I'm sitting oh. at the, the dead <laughs> bottom, and at my, oh, my the two the two that I had played in the final are gone already. Oh. And I, I'm pretty sure only one. One out of the four is left in my bracket, and, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Next year, I'll let you borrow my coin. <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. <laughs> Just a black guy who's not good at basketball. <laughs> Defied the odds. <laughs> yeah. How's your week been otherwise, man? Uh, be good, busy, usual stuff, taking kids to and fro. Yeah. But, uh, you know, nothing, nothing too, too too much to complain about. Good. Nothing broke down. Nothing crashed. Nothing burned. It's all been good. That's, that's good. <laughs> mostly, all been good mostly. <laughs> that's all good. Well, I, you know, when I told you before I came here, I stopped over to our good friend Tom. Yeah, you know, good past guests on the show. Yeah. Tom keeps house. Multiple guests. And I uh, had a couple of, uh, ice glasses of beer, and uh, you know, he gave me a little taste of some. Uh, I, I got to show you this picture. of This whiskey he has is uh, it's, it's uh, the back of the bottle says something about it being the smallest. 
single malt, uh, whatever, in uh, all of Scotland or something. Uh-huh. So uh, I'll show you the picture. I took a picture of it. It's supposed to be pretty good. I, I didn't taste it. I had a good smell. Yeah, I smelled it. It smells really good. Um, I hear it's really smooth, and I said, "Well, I'm going to show it to Peter because Peter's the Scotch guy. He knows everything yeah, about this." That sounds like straight <laughs> up rally, man. <laughs> we'll check that out. But uh, I tell you what, let's take our first break and I'll come back and get our guest on. What do you think? Sounds good. You are listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network, and this is Omar Torres. This is called Marina. Back after this. Pirate round the house. 
Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. At seven, I shower. Every day I wake up For at those five. caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. So, Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something, and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. So many comments on my comment. Hey, guys, check out my wait. new video game. Mom, what? Huh? Pew, pew. What'd you say? This huh? weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sean Paul on the wall. You're listening to Swirl. And welcome back to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. And let's see. Oh, it went away. I knew I was going to do that. Let's give our guest a call here. Let's see. Yeah. I had it there, and I clicked on something and went away, so I've got to type it back in. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Hello, we'd like to welcome Todd Mel to the show. Todd is uh, he's a... He works for uh, Juice Plus and uh, Tower Gardens by Juice Plus. He does a whole lot of things. He's a real wonderful guy and a good friend of mine. Todd, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, just so you know, I gave the message to NASA about the tank. Oh, I appreciate that, man. We're we're dying up here. <laughs> hey, Todd. Before we get before we get rolling here, let tell our tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and and, and how you got started in your business. Well, um, I live in Santa Barbara, California. I was living in Long Beach six years ago as I was turning 40 years old. And I was the complete, uh, for lack of a better term, knucklehead athlete who had no clue how to eat. And I had a, I was kind of looking for something. I thought I needed to take a multivitamin. I learned through research that was not the answer. Uh, and I bumped into our dear friend, Tom O'Keefe. Uh, at a workout, and you know, I met the six-year-old guy. I looked amazing. I'm like, "What are you doing? What is that <laughs> stuff on your keychain?" Right? <laughs> so he's like, "Well, it's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. You know, what part don't you get?" And of course, I threw in my credit card, and that one simple thing, that one event, changed the course of my whole life. And uh, you know, obviously, I started taking juice box, which is just fruits and veggies in a capsule, and it was giving me a lot of things I was not getting. So I was really out of balance. I know that now. I didn't know that then. And so my my direction of my life really dramatically changed. You know, I dug in. I really wanted to understand what true health and, and what eating properly was and what that looked like. And, and oh my gosh, I went back to school and got my nutrition plant degree and plant nutrition degree and just really started to understand and from an athletic perspective, it was really my forte. 
really want to understand what fueling for maximal performance and, and recovery was, which is, by the way, the same thing as disease prevention. So put me on this whole track of inspiring healthy living around the world. And then, of course, the Tower Garden came out a few years later. I had never grown a thing in my life. <laughs> and I just was enamored with the fact that somebody like myself who has zero background in growing anything with, you know, obviously I've got a lot of drive uh, and, and want to make things, you know, figure them out, but I just got two of them and, and became part of the test group a year ahead of when we brought them out to market and, uh, you know, went to my local nursery and, and had the phonics store and learned a lot and, you know, became one of the leading experts on, you know, growing with that technology. And, you know, my company, Urban Farms Company, has gone on to do about 28 different urban farms with a whole bunch happening as we speak. And, uh, you know, helping people take control of their food supply and helping people get healthy is the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. So it's a blast. Awesome. You know, you know, real full disclosure real quick, you know, I, myself, as well as Todd, is both involved in Juice Plus and, and Tower Gardens by Juice Plus. But Todd is, is, of all the people I know, knows more about the Tower Gardens and has done some amazing things with different organizations and such when it comes to, uh, like you said, growing with the Tower Garden and, and, and getting it out there. And, you, you, you know, besides the, the, the urban farms, I know you've done some stuff with some different organizations and stuff like that. Tell us a little bit about how... It was being received when you when you approached a lot of these uh, you know organizations and, and 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 helping people set up these urban farms and letting them know the things that they can accomplish with this. Well, it's really interesting. The people that get it really get it. For example, in Inglewood, there's an organization called Social Justice Learning Institute. D'Artagnan Scorza, who I met through a, a project um, that we both were working on, um, just saw this and he was like, "This is an answer to a prayer." Because in Inglewood, you know, they've got a lot of urban um, city environment stuff, not a lot of room to plant a garden or, or a dirt box. or And, and you know, water is becoming a huge issue in California. So it's, it's, it's really interesting, Keith, because, you know, the, the people who get it get it, the people who don't just don't. And I think if we're in that early adopter phase and – you know, things are going, I think, as planned, as scheduled as they should. And, you know, bit by bit, we're, we're spreading the word and, you know, we're, we're doing all kinds of phenomenal projects. And that just happens, you know, that's one of them. We also did the, um, the, the step up on, on Vine in Hollywood, Santa Monica and Vine, which is a permanent supported housing unit uh, for severely mentally ill people. And it's part of the Clinton Global Initiative and Vanessa Bryant Foundation, yeah. and um, people there are learning how to grow their own food, but it's also the learning of location, and there's a, a real therapeutic um, thing to growing your own food or tending to those things, and you know, it has a, a cool fountain effect because it's sort of like a little mini waterfall as well. So there's a lot of benefits to it um, with regards to a lot of social issues, and, and it works in areas like you wouldn't think it would, like UCLA Medical Center, like the Social Justice Learning Institute, you know, it's pretty phenomenal. 
You know, one of the things that, uh, you know, we discuss on our show a lot, and, and, and all, you hear about it every day in the news, is, is nutrition uh, as opposed as it uh, uh, pertains to our youth and to, uh, to the kids. And I think I remember talking to you a couple of years ago, and you were talking about when you, you set up the, the, the one in the, your garden there in Santa Barbara, how, you know, kids from the schools would come by, uh, and you had the farmer's market nearby, and, and you would invite the kids in to come in and see the things and stuff like that. How is that? Uh, you've seen the change in, 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 in our youth that have actually had an opportunity to see it, touch it, feel it, and, and eat off of it. And, and what has that been like? Well, it's, it's, it's really pretty simple. Kids that grow their own food eat way better than kids that don't. And, you know, like Ron Finley says, kids that grow kale eat kale. It's not rocket science. But, you know, getting tower garden into certain establishments where kids are at is, is a challenge because there's, you know, the establishment, there's, you, you have to have a champion there who wants to make this thing work. And whether it's a dirt garden or, or aeroponic tower garden or any kind of growing apparatus. And, you know, we're right now on Montecito Urban Farms, which is a project that I helped start up here in Santa Barbara, is implementing 31 schools in Santa Barbara tower gardens as we speak, with wow. solar units. I mean, it's a phenomenal project. We have seven preschools, excuse me, that have them from, you know, one up to like six or seven of them at one of them. And so a lot of a lot of education is happening now around this outdoor preschool movement, mm-hmm. outdoor school movement. And so a lot of kids are being taught in the outdoors and, you know, outside most of the day. And they're getting, you know, they're learning better. They're getting much better motor skills, and they're growing their own food along with that. And so it, it's it's a it's I think it's kind of going back to where we were in the in the 30s, 40s, 50s, where most food was grown locally. Right. And and with the kids. Exactly. <laughs> I know that you, uh, you, 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 you talked about you know, you know, getting your education behind a lot of this, and, and, and I remember talking to you, um, and I know you went to actually some farms that actually grew, you know, you know, the old-fashioned way. You just grew right out of the dirt and stuff like that. And to, to a comparison for people, like and a lot of people say, well, I don't have enough room to, to grow. Uh, I'd love to be able to grow my own vegetables and stuff. And, and you know, people, you know, we see container gardens and things like that. But describe exactly what an aeroponic is and how it, what's the difference between an aeroponic and a hydroponic and, 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 and how that all works. Sure. Well, um, growing in the dirt is, is one thing, and I'm not very good at that. I'm doing some right now, but... but um, you know, my experience lies in, in, um, in, the, in the tower garden growing aeroponically. And so aeroponics was, was developed by NASA. It's a form of hydroponics, so it does use water. And um, a lot of people say, well, what's the deal? I thought the, the nutrients come from the dirt. And really the nutrients can be delivered in, in a variety of ways. Um, plants need 16 essential things to grow, three of which are in the air, and the other 13 are usually not just sitting in the dirt. So that's why you hear uh, all these farmers like doing crop rotation and tending, you know, growing these cover crops in their off-season and rotating crops. And they're, they're, what they're trying to do is make sure that the, that the dirt has those elements that the, that the food needs to grow properly. 
And so what's cool about the tower garden is we totally control the whole environment. We control the water, we control where, where, where we put it, um, and, and how much water it gets and nutrients, and what the, what the balance of that water is. And so it's really pretty cool. Um, so with aeroponics, hydroponics is typically where the roots sit in water, and water runs over them, but they're, they're immersed in water pretty much the whole time. And so aeroponics was developed by NASA for use in space so that they could spray the roots um, with like a misting system. And ours happens to be a gravity feed where the pump, you know, pumps up the water through a center channel and goes up to a shower cap and it flows over the roots uh, in, these, in this tower. And so the roots sit in air essentially half the time and then they're doused with water and nutrients the other half of the time. Yeah. When um, when you when you work with an organization and and you and you help them set up uh, you know a number of uh, tower gardens for the organization, um, if there's an, if somebody out there right now is listening there and they they belong to an organization, they seems like this might be something I, I'm interested in. What do they need to know? What what, what do they need to know? Uh, and what what is what do you tell them? Um, how they go about doing this with you? So much for the softball questions, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> I am having a glass of wine. Um, <laughs> so, so um, I tell everybody we start with one, no matter how big they are, and and by one it could be three or six or nine for a bigger organization that wants to play with it um, to really start to learn the technology. The learning curve is very quick very easy to do all kinds of different trainings around getting people up and running quickly there's online tutorials there's, there's written stuff there's a resource center there's lots of stuff so so you know it starts with really believing in the technology and seeing it work you know it grows 30 to 50 percent quicker depending upon the crop it grows twice as nutrient dense and it uses about 90% less water and about 95% less nutrients. So it's extremely efficient. And once people get to understand that, then it starts to, to make sense. You know, the initial cost is what it is, but, um, but they regain that pretty quickly. Yeah. You when you when you you know you talk about people get it or they don't get it and 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 the, the learning curve and stuff like that and you were you know you were already you know into the the nutrition aspect of changing your life with, through whole foods and stuff like that when you first heard about the tower garden or aeroponics uh, what were your initial thoughts? Well, it's a funny story. As I, I was, my fiance and I had a raised bed in the garage from Costco and we were going to do it in the corner of our yard because I really wanted to grow my own kale for my smoothies because I was buying kale at Whole Foods and the farmer's market and I was like it's kind of getting expensive <laughs> yes my health is worth it but I was like maybe I could grow my own you know and so the thing was saying that for not kidding you like two months <laughs> and I learned about the tower garden from our, our parent company Juice Plus the Juice Plus company and I was just like, oh my gosh, I gotta have one of those. Because I'm into gear also. I'm a total computer nerd. And yes, I want the Apple Watch, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> so to me, it was just like this cool new piece of gear that I could grow my own food on. I was like, wow, awesome. And it looked 
it looked easier. I didn't know that at the time. And it really is the easiest garden on earth. Doesn't mean you don't have to tend to it because you do, just like anything that's living. But um, so I, I I got two of them based on my my uh, in, uh, it was like on my timeline of I was looking to grow my own food. Right. And it just happened to, to come When when you mentioned a, f- a few minutes ago that you the, the number of plants that you can grow on each one, um, so to you know maybe to some people it sounds like there's too much for their family. Uh, how do how do people navigate that that area of it? Because, I mean, I know they come in different sizes, but you know there, there's a lot of there's a lot of produce or flowers, whatever you want to grow on it can be can be grown on there. How do you navigate that with people? Say you know there's only a couple people in our family. We're, we're going to have too much food. We're going to have too much of this, too much of that. Uh, do they grow in stages, or, or what's what's the remedy for that? Well, you, well, certain things grow at different at different rates, and you know we help people plan out their garden because you're right. Everyone's needs are a little bit different. It depends on if they're doing juicing or blending or shapes. Um, you obviously, use a lot more produce if you juice, or if you do both, you use a lot, lot more. Mm-hmm. And so we we leave it up to the client or the individual to help us. Fit them. So obviously, the starting power garden is 20 plants. Well, 20 plants um, doesn't do almost anything for our house because we have four people here. Um, you know, we want to, and it depends on what you want to grow. Like when I first started, I, I tried to grow everything, and then you learn what what your family uses and, and needs most, and what makes most sense growing in the tower, and, and what the seasonality of things are. But What's, what's interesting is helping people understand what they're buying in the grocery store and how that translates to the tower garden. Right. So if they're buying, you know, parsley and basil and kale and cilantro and peppers and tomatoes and bell peppers and varieties of different types of lettuces like romaine or lettuce mix or spinach, for example. And fortunately in California where we live, most of those things grow year-round, believe it or not. Um, Kind of a crazy place, California. <laughs> you know, obviously, obviously, our economy shows that. But uh, so, so I really, it's, it's all about interviewing the client, seeing what makes the most sense for them with their lifestyle. I, I have some people that have a juicing tower, they have an herb tower, they have a lettuce tower, and they have their 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 other tower, which is like their peppers and tomatoes. And the flowering plants take a lot longer. Mm-hmm. 12 to 18 weeks to, to come to fruition where the head of lettuce is 21 days. So. That's, that brings another question. I know you've done things and you've helped restaurants, uh, you know, provide them with, with their produce and stuff like that. And when, when, when you talk about a business like a restaurant using them, do they do they have specific needs uh, each each week or each every day or do they do do you work with them the same way with setting up different towers for different uh, different types of uh, produce? That's a good question. So a homeowner, if they have one, two, or three or four towers, can clip their lettuces, for example, like an inch and a half up, and and they regrow in like five days. So, and you can use those a couple of times. If you're using a super high quality seed source, like Johnny Seed, which is what all the good farmers in, in the United States use, all the organic good farmers, 
you all have lettuce and, and arugula and different things that will regenerate two, three, four times. And you'll clip it and use it, clip it and use it, clip it and use it, right, as you do throughout the week. So the restaurant food production is a totally different animal. And so, for example, we, uh, uh, one of our restaurants up here will use 50 pounds of lettuce a week. <laughs> so 50 pounds of lettuce is six towers, 44 growing spots tall, eight feet tall, every week. So for that particular restaurant, we have to have 18 towers dedicated just for that one lettuce. Oh, wow. Because you have it, you have it in different stages, right? right. So you, have, you have when it's ready to harvest, and then the next week it's ready to harvest, and next week it's ready to harvest, and then you have... So there's five phases to food production on a, for restaurants because we, what we deliver is a whole, a whole plant, whole living plant for them. Um, very different than anybody else delivers pretty incredible you know most places cut their lettuce wash it and then bag it and deliver it in these boxes with bags on the inside and that's pretty much universal wow and it happens pretty quickly so the, the nicer restaurants you get pretty fresh stuff but you know the difference is dramatic because most produce loses half of its nutrient density in four hours of being picked right or being cut right so by the time it gets the restaurant gets Received, gets in the walk-in, gets, you know, you're you're eating half nutrient-dense lettuce. So that's the best-case scenario. And our produce, when it goes to restaurants, and we have 18 restaurants in Santa Barbara we supply to, um, it, it is literally a living plant, and then it gets, you know, cut and and served you know, within you know 30, 40 minutes of that. And so it's very, very different flavor profile. And, uh, and the nutrient density, and it's just much better food. Yeah. Even living produce. You you mentioned something a minute ago, <clears throat> and uh, about seeds, and you said you know Johnny Seeds is the place to go. Uh, is there really a big difference in seeds? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, people, you, every time you go in the grocery store or you go to your local hardware store, or you, you see uh, packs of seeds uh, available. You know, you go to, the, you know, the Home Depot, the Lowe's, and uh, some grocery stores have seeds. Uh, I know Whole Foods, I believe, sells seeds. Um, but is there a big difference between those seeds and, and the, the Johnny's you mentioned? There is. Um, so Johnny's Seeds is this kind of rare company in the United States that's employee-owned. They've been around a long time. They take great care in, in what they do. And they're very efficient. Um, and they ship everything uh, that's very fresh. So a good seed is one that uh, that you know is fresh. And so Johnny's puts a date with, with which they harvested it off the plant. And some of them have to dry. You know, there's always different things they have to do. But but you know exactly when that seed was was taken from the from the plant, mm -hmm. which is which you won't find that in any other seed company in the United States, and um, so the germination rate is much higher, and the, so the, the quality is higher. And so when you have good seeds, you get better plants. And for a lot of tower gardeners, they're growing twenty things, for example, and they put twenty different seeds or, or 10 different seeds and 20, 20 of these uh, this rock wool fiber is what you terminate your seeds in. And so 
But what if 50% of them don't come up? You feel like you're a failure. <laughs> right? And that, and that happens. Yeah. It's just, it happens. And so and people think it's them because they, they've never done it before. So the Johnny City stuff is, is like 90 plus percent germination rate. And it's incredible. And so the better quality seed you start with, the better quality plant you end up with. And a better quality plant is a healthier plant. It's one that isn't attacked by bugs as much. And it produces a lot more produce, typically. Wow. You know, because we hear people, you know, you, you, you know, we hear people talk about, uh, you know, like in, in general, people talk about, you know, I, I can't grow anything. I planted seeds, nothing comes up, and, you know, this, that, and the other. So, uh, obviously, that, you know, if you've got a place that's actually giving you, you know, you're purchasing seeds that have a, a higher percentage of actually, you know, germinating and coming through, that's, that's a big deal. Because, like you said, you feel like you failed when, when it doesn't come up. Yeah, and, you know, the, the biggest issue that could happen with somebody who buys a tower garden is they, they do that, and they think it's them. Well, then the tower garden becomes the treadmill. Just in the garage, nobody uses it. Yeah. Which is not what we want. We want people using it. So, you know, in doing this now for almost four years, three years out to market, um, that's why we have these farms all over the place and also uh, seedling, seedlings that are available. You know, Santa Barbara tower garden seedlings on Facebook is where my seedlings are at, and I travel all over Southern California because there's such a huge need for people um, that that love growing their own food, but they have no idea how to grow their own seed. Right. And they're not using high quality seeds. They go to Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever. They have a couple failures. I can't tell you the stories I've heard of. Well, my tomatoes weren't that good this year. Why not? My tomatoes are rocking every year. <laughs> I, I don't even understand that. But it's 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 interesting how well some years are good some years aren't and i get that it's true growing in the dirt it's a different deal as well so wow you know uh, we have a few people that would, would like to call in and ask you questions you are you ready you willing to take some calls bring it <laughs> all right we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put the number out we're gonna go to a quick break and then come back and uh, i'm gonna put you on hold for just a bit and uh, come back and take some calls. How you, uh, that'll work, huh? Yeah, that'd be great. Excellent. You're listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network, and this is Todd Mel from, what is it called again, Todd? Santa Barbara? Santa Barbara Tower Gardens. Santa Barbara Tower Gardens. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. This is James E. Day. Uh, come my way. So long, ever since he left, I always thought I heard her crying. I still watched her, she moved on. All the time, I dreamed that we from the start were meant to be. Don't cry, little bird, pick yourself back up and try to dry your tears and learn to fly away again. Don't cry, yeah, 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 yeah. Touch the sky, touch the sky. Take me with you when you have to go. Won't you come my way whenever you're leaving? Take me with you when you 
have to go Won't you come my way Whenever you're leaving Just come and rise so high like a shining star See it just by leaving that you're coming too far Why you won't compete obviously all for the cost All the minutes tell you bring the financial laws The melody that brings together all as you see Finally different patterns and the style that she bring Come step up, reel up, reel up, hit me again With a little bit of something that you like When you come I'll be waiting there Ready to bear witness to the things And when you see you don't care About the superficial type with things you don't like No situations come to bear Too much time crying Many, 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 many tears for the cause All the while you should sing your song To the stars make up for lost years Tears that they brought and gained From the freedom that you got I tell you now, don't cry little bird Pick yourself back up and try To dry your tears and learn to fly away again now Don't cry, rise and touch the sky Spread your wings and fly so high Take me with you when you have to go Won't you come my way Whenever you're leaving Take me with you My name is Joe Thompson. I'm 29, and thanks to my college degree, I'm a systems analyst. And the college me would tell you. I wouldn't be here without Big Brothers Big Sisters. My big brother believed in me, and to a seven-year-old... That means a lot. My big brother's name is Phil, and Phil is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a systems analyst. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Look for a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. we got to talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. And that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. I'm Joey. I'm Robert. I'm Dennis. And I'm Ellen. And we're It's, it's okay. okay. And you're listening to Sports World. And welcome back to Swoops Roll on Talk Star Radio Network. We are here with Todd Mel from Santa Barbara Tower Gardens. And uh, yeah, I think we had a couple people want to call in. Uh, if you want to give us a call, it's 562-912-3444. Again, uh, if you want to call in, <laughs> 562-912-3444. Hey, Todd, how, you back with us, brother? 
Yeah, man, that was a long break. What's going on? Hey, man, come on. <laughs> I got bills to pay. <laughs> oh, that's oh, great. Man. I forgot about that. <laughs> I know you're out there every day, and, and, you're, and you're out there meeting with people, and, 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 you know, you have a real passion for for helping people and educating people. And, and I, I know that, you know, since I've known you, that's kind of how, since I've known you, that's how, how you've always been. And how does, how does this fit into that? Uh, oh, here's our first call. We'll go, we'll handle this call and then we'll go from there. Hello. You're on live with Swoops Road as well as with Todd Mel from Santa Barbara Tower Gardens. Who am I speaking with? Going to turn down your radio. Hello. We have a special person that wants to give a shout-out to Todd Mel. So grateful for what you've done for us and people that you don't even know. Shout-out. Who you got, Todd Mel? Hey there, Todd. Great to hear you tonight. <laughs> you guys are awesome. <laughs> uh, Todd, it, it, you're awesome. The things that you've done for other people... And, and I tune in to uh, Keith in their swoops and um, um, swoops world every week. And the things that you've done for other people that nobody else will ever know, you've probably impacted more lives that you don't know about than anybody I know. And this is a shout out and way to go. Thanks for. Uh, being a shining star in our lives, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to say the same thing. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate that. You betcha, we do. <laughs> we well, do. I, I know. I, I know. We wish. I wish we had an intelligent question. I'll never know as much about uh, uh, fruits and vegetables as as you do. You know, you learn more in four years than I learned uh, in 20 years. And uh, you're my go-to guy, and uh, you know you're a lot of go-to guys. Um, if anybody is listening, and and you're wondering whether you want to put your trust and faith into what Todd Mel knows and what he can do for you, put it there, because uh, he'll help you whether it benefits him or not. That's all I can say. So. Uh, we're we're right there with you, and Keith. Thanks for having Todd on the show. Uh, fantastic. Uh, I'm listening and learning tonight, and I thought I knew what he knew, and now I realize I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thanks, Tom, and and uh, we always appreciate you listening to us here at Swoops World and uh, and, and 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 calling in. Well, it, you know what I think it, about Keith. Sorry. Go ahead. What'd you What'd you say, Todd? Uh, oh, I said, you know, what I think about when I, when I think of Soup's World, I think of Wayne's World. Excellent, party time. <laughs> you guys need to use that. Well, you know, if if Lorne Michaels would let us, we definitely would. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, Tom. You have a, Do you have a You have a question for him? Well, um, I I do. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a little more privy to Todd's uh, past uh, athletic accomplishments, and I won't go into that because that's his business, and he's an extremely accomplished athlete. Um, since you have incorporated more fruits and vegetables 
and quit seeking the isolated nutrient solution, what have you noticed in your own physical and sense of well-being? Sorry for the general question. That's a loaded question. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, it's kind of a twofold question. Um, one is that uh, when you actually get your body you know, balanced with proper nutrition, that means having you know high quality um, fuel, which is the proteins, fats, and carbs, and then the micronutrition, which is like the oil, and that's all the plant chemicals. Um, you know, the thousands and thousands. I think there's over 15,000 things they've recognized now in, in plants, which, you know, there's, what did they recognize, 32 vitamins or something crazy like that. Um, and it changes daily, I get it. But, but the thousands of chemicals from the oil. So once you have good fuel going in your body and good oil, it's a dramatic difference on every level from your sleep, to your energy throughout the day, um, to your athletic performance, to your recovery. It's across the board. And the, the thing I love the most about that is the fact that that mirrors exactly what people need to do to prevent disease in their body. And, you know, what, what turned out to me as a what turned out for me as a passion for you know, uh, a guy was coming to 40 years old and things weren't working, came into, okay, let me understand this from an athlete's standpoint, and then to put the flip side on it and really get it that, wow, it's really universal. That, you know, athletes just need more because they're doing more. But the general public needs a lot also that we're not getting. And so that was, that was my realization. And uh, it's across the board. I mean, my life is is on a whole different trajectory. My health is on a whole different trajectory, and, and so is my family. Everybody I can possibly influence. You know what, Todd? Uh, we we tried to cover a lot tonight in such a you know short amount of time. Is there, is there anything you wanted to talk about or, or tell our audience about that we haven't uh, covered yet? Well, I'd like to share with your audience. Um, a little bit about an event we have coming up in Long Beach, um, the Tower Garden by Juice Plus uh, Regional Training. It's an all-day workshop, May 23rd. We're going to be helping people uh, get their business really started with the 369, which is 369 Tower Gardens, really understanding food production and what that looks like and how to do it and how to market to the restaurants or or, or cafes, or juice places, or, you know, really help people get a, a leg up with their tower garden business. And from that, you create all these revenue sources, which is, you know, obviously selling more tower gardens. Um, with that comes, you know, people need to know how to do seedlings to support those tower gardens. So we're going to teach that. And then, um, and then the service aspect of how to properly service a tower um, what do you do on a service appointment? How, you know what that all looks like, and how do you how do you properly maintain one and clean one? And then you know obviously the best practices. So it's an all-day workshop. Um, you're going to go to urbanfarmscompany.com to register. Unfortunately, it's not up for.
for about another week, but it will be soon. Um, and it's going to be a real great tool for people to use to progress their business by using the Tower Garden, which in our business has become the, the single greatest conversation starter that, that I've ever seen. And, um, and we're going to teach people how to do it and do it better. And that's, uh, give that website again. Uh, urbanfarmcompany.com. And company spelled completely out? Yep. Excellent. Todd, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on Swoops World tonight and, and, and spreading the word about what you got going on there. And, and like I said, the things you've done with, you know, with, with restaurants and, and especially with the organizations uh, like the one with the, uh, the Clinton Initiative and, and the Kobe and, and, and his wife's, uh, Kobe and Vanessa Bryant Foundation. It's just remarkable. And uh, it's always great to see you. I had a chance to see you last week. And, and keep up doing all the wonderful things you're doing, brother. And, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Luke. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. Todd Mill, everybody. Check him out. You can go to, uh, there's a link on our site, uh, and it'll take you to his uh, his website. He's on Facebook uh, under uh, Santa Barbara Santa Barbara Tower Gardens. And, uh, Santa Barbara Tower Gardens. Yeah. Santa Barbara Tower Gardens. And uh, look him up. And you got any questions on that? He was, he was He's a man to talk to. Thanks a lot, Todd. You have a great night, brother. Thanks, Luke. Mm-hmm. Take care. Yeah. You are listening to Swoops World on the Talk Star Radio Network. We're getting close to brewski time. Uh, this is Michelle Mangione. This is called Ride, tri- tribute to Levon Helm. Back after this. Leave on, are you listening? 
blood pressure is serious and if you think i'm just gonna keep ticking away you're wrong i can quit whenever i want but i like my job just treat me better maybe we can do some exercise on occasion after all we're in this together don't let your heart quit on you high blood pressure can lead to a stroke heart attack or death get yours to a healthy range before it's too late find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure a message from the american heart association the american stroke association and the ad council Hi, this is Ronnie Wood of the Stones for Rad. You know it's okay to rock and roll and party, because I do it all the time. Just let someone else do the driving. That's what I do. Remember, rock lives, and you should too. Please don't drink and drive. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Hi, y'all. We're the Black Whiskey Union. My name's Britt. I'm Jim. Wessie. And you're listening to Swoop's World. It's one of our favorite radio stations, so keep listening, y'all. Whoopee. <laughs> Same old thing, never change, but I like it. 
Well, welcome back to Swoops from the Talk Story Radio Network. We are about four minutes away from Brewskies. And, hey, if anybody's seen T-Bone out there, uh, <laughs> should we send out a search party? Yes, see where man. Send, send, send them our way. <laughs> ta, ta, tell, tell them it's beer time. It's beer time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some boys around here drinking them ice cold beers, T-Bone. Better hurry and get over here. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, that was great to have Todd on. It's always, uh, it's always a pleasure to have a chance to chat with him. And, and I'm telling you, when it comes to uh, aeroponics, and um, seedlings and, and things like that, and knowing how to set up things for big organizations and, and restaurants and stuff. The, the, the guy is just extremely knowledgeable and, and uh, just a pleasure to talk to. And when you get a chance to talk to him one on one, he's got more knowledge than you can uh, absorb at any one time. And, uh, you know, when it comes to that, that kind of stuff, you know, you and I, we talk about growing plants and, and growing food and stuff. And I know you, you're an avid gardener and whatnot. Um, it's interesting he talks about the seeds and where they come from and what, what companies to make better seeds because that's true. I mean, you, you could buy a pack of seeds, you know. I a, a guy I used to work with, it's really weird because a guy I used to work with, his wife worked for a seed company, uh, one of the ones you see in all the stores and stuff uh-huh. like that. And after, they have expiration dates. And so after that expiration dates, at the time, the, you know, employees could just walk out because they were going to throw them away. Right. And so... Uh, he came in, you know, to the office a couple times, and he had these big boxes of seeds. You know, I picked through a bunch of them. And, you know, some of them still grew. Some of them didn't, you know. I mean, you know, but, uh, you know, you're getting free expired seeds, so what did I care? Uh, the ones that grew, grew, and, one, you know, ones that didn't, didn't. And I, and I was growing, you know, in the dirt and stuff like that. So that's just kind of the nature of the beast, you know, mm-hmm. when you go that way. But if there's any way to, to kind of, you know, uh, give you some pos- more positive results or get, k- increase that average, uh, that's a great thing, and especially when you talk about, you know, you know talk about the aeroponics because you already invested in the cost of the, the equipment and things right. like that. So you kind of wanted those numbers. You want that average to be a lot higher than when you're just going to run out in the backyard throwing down seeds. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing when you're growing, uh, you know, just for the for the joy of growing or just, you know, you, you got your kids, hey, let's see what comes up. You know, that's one thing. But it, it, especially when you start talking business, every seed that doesn't, uh, you know, germinate, doesn't come into a sap a seedling um, is a loss. Yeah, so you lost money, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and most seeds depends on what you're talking about. But like seeds, like like basil. I mean, that's a seed that. I mean, that stuff just like you know scatter and just goes everywhere, and it's it. But you start talking about like pumpkin seeds and mm-hmm. peas and corn. You know, if you're doing large scale stuff, that stuff uh, it gets expensive, and it gets more more than that. It gets frustrating because if you spent the time to prep the soil or, or the medium that you're growing in and then uh, you went to the trouble to plant it and all that and then it didn't germinate it wasn't just the cost of the seed it was the time and labor yeah. involved and, and all that so uh again if you're a small scale guy and you're just growing for the fun of it it's important that that stuff germinates just because you're doing it for the fun of it but if, oh call off the call off the, the search party he has arrived <laughs> So there you go. Oh. Pinkerton, come we're back sorry, here. We're so worried about you. <laughs> we're really worried since it was so close to the beer uh, yeah, time. Yeah, like, anyway, it's probably just showing up the beer time now, right? <laughs> T-Bone's in the house. Howdy, folks. Hey, what's happening, brother? Oh, you know. <laughs> You're here? I made it. Excellent. made it. Well, you know, timing is perfect because uh, it's right time for this. Sweet. It's time for Brewski's, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoops Road Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewski's, sponsored by Drinks 
winesspirits.com. Pedro. Well, happy Wednesday. Glad Tebow made it. Uh, we're tasting uh, an organic brew tonight, and it looks like from my, my computer just now started operating properly. Uh, from what I can gather, Earth First from Eel River uh, is a double IPA, but Eel River apparently does everything is uh, is uh, organic. So that's kind of unusual. I mean, you, you see breweries that have an organic offering, but a whole whole line of them. That's that's very unusual. So. Right. Here's what they have to say about their Earth First Double IPA. Earth First is organically brewed with over three pounds of hops per barrel and finishing out at 8.2% alcohol content. This is strong, hoppy beer. Cascade and Centennial hops give this Double IPA a heavy floral aroma and citrus flavor. What makes this beer unique is that it uses the highest quality, all organic ingredients. Earth First will be brewed for years to come, but only for Earth Day, so get some while you can. So this is a uh, limited release, um, and as mentioned, 82% by volume. IBUs is 92, which is definitely on the higher end of things, and it's a light copper color. Um, so there you have it. The, these guys got a tap room. They're in, where is that? Poor, oh my, yeah, my, my, Scotia. my computer just froze up. Oh, there it goes, there it goes. They have a tap room in uh, Fortuna, California, but the brewery itself is in Scotia, California. I'm not even exactly sure where that is, except for I know it's north of us. So uh looks like they've got a number of brews, Amber Ale, a regular IPA, a Porter, a Raven's Eye Stout, and a Triple Exaltation. Sounds like that might be tasty as well. So uh, there you go. That's as much as we know. Anybody t- heard of this, tasted these guys no, before? No. no. I think it's new for us all. Ziggy, 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 Salud. Ziggy. Salud. Salud. Over the cover. Mm-hmm. Hey. Peter, I think you're due up. Am I? Yeah. Wow. I do like the flavor. There's a funky little something in There's the nose there. there. Not, it's not altogether bad, but it's almost... Medicinal that I don't particularly care for. I like those uh, very skunky or floral or piney type flavors. And I'm getting something just slightly off. But the flavor is good. And uh, I'm liking it. It's a good beer. It's a good beer. Um, it's the first one I've had from these guys. I'm, I'm willing to give them uh, a little leeway here. Yeah, I, uh, hey guys. <laughs> it's, it's, he's like uh, Tom Cruise at uh, Risky Business, comes sliding across the floor yeah. <laughs> in his uh, tidy whities and ready for, ready for a beer. <laughs> Always. Um, yeah, this, for being organic, I wouldn't have expected it to be quite as clean as it tastes. I don't know, there's... It's a good beer. I'm going to enjoy this one thoroughly. I get nervous about organic stuff. (laughs) I grew up in Southern California, and if you haven't tinkered with it a little bit, then you haven't lived yet. So, uh, despite my mistrust of that label, I like this. I like it a lot. It's a a great tasting beer. The thing is, is you're getting some funky flavor. I mean, a funky aroma. Yeah. And I'm not hardly getting any aroma. Uh, yeah, I'm not getting much, but what yeah, I'm getting is which is slightly odd. off. It's, which slightly. Is, yeah. But um, 
It's a great, it's a really good tasting beer. Anesthesia, and it seems like to me, it just seems like one of those. It's like an, it's not too, not too powerful this way or that way. It's like an everyday kind of. It's like a table wine. Table wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, you just you have it out there and then you can drink it and then it tastes great. And uh, it's, I, it's uh, nothing really more for me to say about it. It's it's a good tasting beer. Yep. There you go. There you go. So we're doing numbers here. That would be uh, I would probably give this a seven. I'm going to give them a, a six and a half only because that smell is, is still there. Uh I thought maybe it was me, and but no, it's still there. Uh, otherwise, this is a solid beer. That smell throws me off a little bit, uh, so I'm gonna give it a six and a half. Six and a half. Huh. Well, no smell on this end. It must be uh, your cup. I'm going with a seven and a half here. No, I smell, I like it. smell in yours as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting no, any. It's there, man. It's any unusual smell? I'm barely getting any beer smell. Period. See, well, that's the thing is, I'm not getting a whole lot of hoppy smell. I'm getting something else. So. You, you want a seven and a half, you said? Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm right between the two of you. I'm a, I'm a solid seven on this one. Uh, like I said, it's a good beer. I'm not getting the smell Peter's getting. Uh, T-Bone's not getting it either. Um, not to say Peter's making it up. No, I mean, the, but the thing is, he's, the guy, you know, he's, he's, one of these, he's, got a, he's been a chef for years. He's got this highly developed palate and nose. And, you know, if he's on a Top Chef, you know, he does the blind tasting and smelling crap and he wins, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, he's just, he's just that, you know, he's a freak of nature that way, so. Here you have. <laughs> live with that. What do we end up with here? Uh, a seven on seven the nose. Seven, seven on the nose. Exactly. That sounds fair. That sounds fair. We're, we're good there. Yeah, and you know this is a brewery like except for that, and it's not an overwhelming. Obviously, I'm the only one getting it, so maybe it's even just me. But um, it's a well-made beer. Yeah, that, that's the one knock I would say on it. I would definitely be very interested in trying some of their. Doesn't look like they have a, a lot of others, but I'd be willing to try a couple of their others for sure. The IPA and that stout sounds good. Porters can go either way, you know, depending on where they make Each, it. Sweet. Every one of their things is organic, right? All of it. So what it says, yeah, yeah they're they're all organic. So where uh, are they in Vallejo? No, not in Vallejo. Uh, they have a tap room and grill in Fortuna, and a brewery. The brewery itself is in Scotia. Where's Scotia? I have no idea where either of those places are. I don't are. either. I just know it's Nova. I don't. I, this is like Nova, Nova Scotia. Because they're only <laughs> even, 15 even minute newer. drive from Avenue of the Giants. What's their area code? Uh, 707. So I'm guessing somewhere. It's Sacramento-ish. Sacramento. Davis-ish. Yeah. That's what I'm guessing. I don't know. And I didn't have a map. I'm under location. They, they don't give you, well, you know, damn Computer's moving super slow. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm trying to pull up a map. I, I I to in case you guys were wondering, none of us have any idea where the hell the Eel River is. <laughs> well, while we figure out, figure all that out, Peter, what are we what are we eating with this, man? Uh, this is uh, you know, this is meat fair. This is uh, it's 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 big, but it's not huge. So you know, it's it's gonna probably be overwhelmed by. Uh, what do you got there? You got Scotia, formerly Forest Forestville, uh, Humboldt County, California. Uh, it's off the Redwood Highway. It looks <laughs> like there. <laughs> we said we didn't know where Fortuna was. It is located. It is located 8.5 miles south southeast of Fortuna. It's <laughs> <laughs> helpful. Um, yeah. So this is it's, the big, big, heavy flavors might overwhelm this. Uh, this is, as far as IPAs go, sort of a more of a middle of the road. It's not those over the top ones. And um, so, you know, think uh, pub grub type of stuff is mm-hmm. going to go with this quite nicely. Um, you know, 
things like that. We had that. We had that. Uh, you and I dined together on Sunday, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a buffalo sloppy buffalo joe. Burger. Yes, you did. And this would have gone quite nicely. Yeah, with yeah. that. So you know, something with some flavor, sloppy but not. Sloppy joe, sloppy joe. I had the brisket. I had the brisket. That's this right. Good with the brisket. And we had the uh, and we had some duck. We had cool. tater tot. Um, duck confit, yes. yeah, tater tot casserole, you know duck confit. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> this would have also probably gone quite well with that. So think along those lines. You know, nice flavor, but not those really big, big, big flavors. Excellent, excellent. All righty, I'm, I'm drawing back out on the map here to try to put this in Redwood Highway, right? Ready, but I, even that, I don't know what that is really. North. I know that. <laughs> Somewhere between here and Oregon. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It looks like it's closer to Oregon than here for a long time. Let's Close, face it, Oregon's, like just, closest, Oregon's just somewhere between here and Washington. It looks like the, the closest city would be Eureka. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So we're talking, it's just outside the Shasta Trinity National Forest. It's, it's literally... Uh, well, I'm guessing what fifty miles from the rip, from the border with uh, Oregon. Oh, okay, cool. There you have it. Another edition of Brisky, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. That's Brisky's, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Go there, join the Beer of the Month Club. We'll send you a big box of beer each week. Twelve beers, four breweries. Yeah. <laughs> T Bone, what's happening? Oh man, what a day! What a what a week! A week. Well, you're doing okay in your bracket there, so. Uh... Yeah, you know this is this is going better than I would have expected it to, considering that my <laughs> my uh, champion that I chose lost in the first round, almost the first game. Yeah. yeah. You still have, like my, the, my my final two are gone. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> I've got Kentucky in the championship game. I have Villanova in Kansas. Uh, damn those shockers, man! <laughs> Shocking the world. One. One shock of wheat <laughs> at a time, because that's what you do in Kansas. Uh, yeah. um, now you know we were talking about Fortuna and Scotia. Mm-hmm. My, I have a lot of family from the Midwest, you know, Iowa and Nebraska, and there, there's one the the family farm that I still go visit every few years is in Ringstead, Iowa, a town of about 300 nowadays, and uh, my great aunt. People used to ask her where where the farm was, and she would say, oh, Ringstead. And they'd say, well, where's that? And she would say, it's just four miles south of Depew. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> <Duh-oh. that's>, yeah. <laughs> hey, at least she gave me some I had cousins in Oklahoma, and you'd ask me, they'd go, it's a piece up the road. What the hell is a piece up the road? <laughs> <laughs> You know, my my buddy Boot, you guys have met Boot. He yeah. he lived in Montana for a spell there, and he was driving through a part of Montana he hadn't been to before. And he asked how to get somewhere, and a guy said, "You go four C's." And he said, "What's a C?" He said, "That's as far as you can see." <laughs> <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. <laughs> I like it though. Yeah. <laughs> Four C's. I like that. <laughs> I've got to remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's all good. Well, yeah, we're uh, real quick. We're about uh, just shy of ten minutes. Uh, just about. Uh, 
I'm trying to do the math in my head. Uh, just over 10 minutes away from Anthony Davis <laughs> joining us on the show. We'll be talking with AD about some stuff here. Uh, we won't get into the, we won't get into the, uh, the March Madness with him too much, uh, but with the, uh, with the T-Bone's bracket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> T-Bone's bracket. Uh, Peter, with his scientific ways, is leading the back. Absolutely, man. It's the only T-bone, way to go. T-Bone's right behind him, and I'm way down at the bottom. For, you know, here's the thing. You guys have both se- picked for more s- For several days, answer, uh, for several days I kept saying, at least I'm not at the bottom. Then one day <laughs> I actually looked at it, and I saw... She's got a bracket up high, and she didn't actually fill out the bracket that's below me. So I am on the bottom. <laughs> you have more correct picks than Peter. And you have more correct, correct picks than, uh, than Boobs' kid. Because <laughs> his, his one-and-a-half-year-old made the picks on that bracket. <laughs> You're still behind Henry's picks. But... You know, that's You're just that's just because of <laughs> bonus points for upsets. Yeah, so, should this is one of those dangerous situations where we may have gone SAT style and rewarded <laughs> haphazard <laughs> guessing just a bit too much. Because Peter has Peter has twenty three correct picks, like, which is the lowest by. I think eight or something like By that. By four. Oh, okay. Because the, the one and a half year old has 27 correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'm dying here. <laughs> but Peter sits on top because I have, I have always had this bracket set up. This, this pool has always been set up to reward boldness. Now, which is good. Boldness meaning yeah. I choose this team to beat that team, not. Point. <laughs> <Boy. laughs> <Boy too. laughs> Peter was perhaps too bold. <laughs> well, uh, oh. I do still have in the out of the, the final four. I've got a three. I'm three of my guys are in. I there. only have two left in my final four. I saw that. That's what. That's what might get me through I think it. I have one. I've left. got Villanova out, and I've got Iowa State out. Yeah. So. I think I have one. I'm in. I'm in trouble, but that's okay. You know, we're not supposed to win this thing, Peter. <laughs> you're not. I even, certainly didn't try that hard. <laughs> you can win, but you don't get a prize. No. Well, Nobody can accuse me of trying too hard. That's well, I certain. still have. I still have two left in the uh, my final <coughs> four. Me. Arizona and Gonzaga is still available, but. I didn't pick them to make it to the fi- to the to the final. So oh, everybody should have picked Motorhome. That was that was a no-brainer, man. What? I picked them in the first round. No, man, you got to pick them to get to here. No, I, I you look picking Notre. <laughs> That's Dame, what I did. Picking Notre Dame for anything goes against my better judgment. I know. So. That's why, that's why I said. <laughs> well, you know, Boomer Sooner in Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> so at least OU made it in there. You got them in your Sweet Sixteen? Uh, yes. All right. Yes, I do. All right. That's good. Yes, I do. But I had them playing Virginia. Yeah. Uh, they made an early exit. Well, they lost last round to Michigan yeah. State. State. Second year in a row that Virginia gets bounced by the Spartans. Yeah. There was a, there was a lot of upsets. Mm-hmm. I think I mean I don't oh. follow closely, but there was a lot more upsets this year. Forget about whether you picked them or not. They seemed like there was a lot more like an eight beating a nine is not really an upset. But we, we had like ones losing to whatever, fourteens and, yeah. and twos losing to twelves and uh, a lot. So I, I think that's also probably what I did well is, is uh, just there were so many of those upsets. You get those bonus points. Man. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's uh, makes things interesting. Yeah. Is uh, what do you call it still in it? Uh, who went undefeated this year? 
Kentucky. Kentucky yeah, they're still in it. Yeah, of course, I picked them. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky's coin. Kentucky's still going. They've cruised through their first couple of games so far. Twenty-three wins, and he's got sixty-seven points. <laughs> 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 That's just wrong. <laughs> Wisconsin's going to win the whole thing. That's what they I got. Affirmative action. I think Wisconsin <laughs> might even make the championship game, but they just seem to have something where they can't win championships. I've, you know. I've also got North Carolina State in the Final Four. So mm-hmm. That was a tempting one for me, and I actually, you know. They've got to beat Louisville to get there, so we'll see. Yeah, see, I had Kentucky play, beating West Virginia. I got, the, I got that game right, but losing to Kansas. Because I thought that would be a good upset. That would be Battle of the K's. Yeah. Well, next year I'll let both of you guys borrow my coin. I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> Sit and spin. <laughs> How's your week been? And you said uh, you said you know it's, it's here, but you you made it and uh, things are good. Uh, yeah. Overall, how's the week been, man? Uh, it's been it's been cool. I went up to Pismo this weekend. Nice. Uh, right, right the sand dunes and all that kind of stuff. No, we we were gonna drive out on the dunes just because. Because I've got decent tires on my truck finally, but my parents live on the opposite end of the whole Pismo stretch. They live on the north side of the whole deal. Is it the Ohio? No, that's way past Ohio. Oh yeah, yeah. Ohio is like yeah. just past Ventura. Yeah, so. they're way out there. Yeah, uh, it was fun. You know, we took some. We met our wedding photographer because he lives in San Luis. So. Uh-huh. Met up with him, took a few pictures, got to know him a little better. He's taken pictures at a couple of our other friends' weddings, so we've already like been out drinking with him and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> it's nice to actually stand on the side on that side of his camera and get a little bit of the willies out. Good, good. Uh, yeah, you know. Hey, you're still doing all this stuff. You're doing all the cake tasting and uh, well, registering and all that kind of stuff. We probably should go do some cake tasting, but we're not paying for a wedding cake. My mom's making the wedding cake. Oh, that's right. You still should go taste it. Yeah, we should. (laughs) Um, And my dad just got one of those uh, Traeger pellet grills. I don't know if you guys have seen those. Yeah. Yeah. um, I mean, I know of them. The way it works, it's kind of a smoker barbecue kind of deal where instead of using charcoal or chips it uses these compressed wood pellets mm-hmm. and it's got this auger that feeds the pellets into this into the firebox right right and so you, ah, yes, and it's see. got um the one he has has it's got like a straight up oven temperature dial so you can be like i wanted it 165 nice nice and it's got a built-in thermostat and everything and this the little auger deal just feeds enough pellets in to keep the temperature Steady. exactly right. what you want it at Steady smoke. It's it's badass. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, we did a tri tip. We did some chicken. Um, yeah. See, I have I have just a grill, and I just I just smoke in it using you know chips and all that. But uh-huh. and and I've I've always tempted every time. And I I did some little research. That's how I know about them. Not not that I actually got one or anything yeah. like that. But uh, I I haven't done it yet. But if I'm gonna do it, 
the, the, they're probably the company I'm going to go with. At least yeah, from got, what I've you seen. You got two barbecues out here as it is. I know. Man. I know. Well, I, then I could get rid George of one. George Jefferson, move it on up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can never have too much too much heat in your, in your kitchen. Man. That, that is, is true. That true. is true. <laughs> so yeah, th- that must be nice. That must. It be was nice. fun. Does yeah. he have this this angle jobber here, or the thing on the side like that? Can you see? Speaking of angles, there's a whole box here. This he's probably got this one. You say he's got this the smaller one? one? Yeah, it's like this. It's probably this, like one this size. It's a smaller that's, one. I think that's a so smaller one. There's got like a hopper for all the pellets. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. then there's... Sorry, I'm mashing on you. <laughs> um, the hopper. Yeah. It, it just feeds in however much it needs to keep the heat that way. At that's Whatever cool. you set it at. It's pretty solid. What else things wrong? You, you just research on what it's going to cost something like that. Uh, there high side well not. here's that the smaller one that they have mm-hmm. Costco had them for like 300 bucks I was going to say because I saw them but it f- came with just, like just uh, under five no, the little they very, they very the little uh, instead of the thermos instead of the dial to just pick temperatures the mm-hmm. one at Costco came with just smoke or like three, it had like three settings right right uh-huh. but that's just a little module that you can unscrew and so my dad bought the the high-end oh. dial it to whatever you want one for right, 80 right. bucks and screwed that one in and hooked it up smart so for 380 bucks he got this thing like there you go and it's where do you get the pellets from oh you can get those anywhere yeah it mm. came with it Home came with a bag of them, i mean there's you can everybody's got their own sort of blend or whatever mm-hmm. but you basically there's like cherry wood mesquite Hickory, maple. I mean, there's probably more out there, but those are the ones I, I definitely know. So basically, any of the smoking woods you would have normally used, right. they're just compressing them into yeah. pellets so that they burn. The, that slower. theory is that they, well, they burn not so much slower, they burn consistent. consistent. Yeah. Like you so can they, say. So that this machine can figure out how much it needs to. Because a piece of wood is—is is this a to... dense piece of wood? Is it a thin piece of wood? The pellets kind of kind of create a uh, universal uniform, make it uniform. Uniform. There it goes. So that when one pellet goes in, it, they can it, it can calculate. Okay, that's going to produce a lot of heat or no heat or what have you. And more pellets in, more heat, more smoke. So the pellets—that's uh, the advantage of the pellets. Um, I actually bought pellets. To try it out to see how that would if I could in my little jury rig system that I got, mm-hmm. and I find I like the wood better in my jury rig system. Uh, but I, as yeah. I was watching how it cooked, and, and I was like, oh, I get it. I see why these pellets would totally yeah. work. They're not going to work in my system all that well, uh-huh. uh, but they. Yeah, it, it's funny because it's it's you can have more if you want to take the time and have more control over it. You can make things that are a lot cooler and better. Mm-hmm. But for this thing, you, you just Simplicity. The only weird thing is that you have to have you have to have it plugged in because right. it's got an electric it, it's got an electric igniter thing to. But that's not a big deal. Yeah, like, well, like, electricity yeah. needs to run that. Yeah, it blows it. It runs. A, it blows a fan to keep yeah. the right. the fire going over. Which the, uh, like all the a lot not all but a lot of the high end smokers are that way anyhow mm-hmm. because that is more consistent. Yeah. Than just because I used to have this old Weber smoke smoker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. works too, but yeah, you don't yeah. quite get the same consistency. It was just, like that; you can't control the heat yeah. nearly as easily. No, and and, and I and I smoked a turkey in a, a couple of years in a row, which really required it been smoking for like overnight. Yeah, and I actually had to get up in the middle of the night. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the weird part with this. It was like brain dead. I mean, it did everything. Yeah, you put it in. You season whatever you want. You put it in. You set your temperature, and it was just okay. 
You don't open it. You don't look at anything. You don't. And something to be said for that. You That's... don't stoke anything. You don't add anything. It was just. Yeah. And the the hopper. In my system, I have to keep adding uh, little foil packets of yeah. wood mm-hmm. uh, every two hours or so, which normally is not a big deal. But like if you're doing, uh, if you're smoking a turkey. It's a pain in the ass, right? Because yeah. that's that's a long twenty five pounds job. Stuff stuffing and it's like a thirty pound like slide it move. It's a, it's a, it's a, an effort. Yeah, but so that that's that's where the advantage of those yeah. come, and that's what made me start researching <laughs> a smarter way. <laughs> yeah, because I, I looked into them probably like four or five years ago because I was going to build the smoker, and I started seeing all these things about Traeger pellet grills, and I was like. I never that seems of... like cheating. <laughs> it is, damn it. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it shit works. <laughs> yeah. Using a sharp knife is kind of cheating, right? No. No. no, using a grill that does what you want it to do—that's not so cheating. I felt about auto tune. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, man. Using the tools available to you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, it's about time to give our buddy AD a call. What do you guys think? You think you're ready? Yeah, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's see if we can dial up AD here. Get him rolling. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is his number. <laughs> well, we'd like to welcome Anthony Davis to the show. Our a weekly contributor, and you, know, you all know him as a five-time All-American and five-time national champion over at USC. He played in the NFL, the CFL, the WFL. How you doing, man? I'm doing okay. <laughs> Just don't... <laughs> well, we got plenty to talk about, but I want to, I want to start off with some, some some breaking news here, and if I could find it again, dang it. Oh, where did it go? Where did it go? Well, let's start off with some other stuff while I look this up. Uh, you and I were, were kind of chatting this week, and uh, Jason Whitlock, who's a, a sports reporter for, as uh, T-Bone calls him, the self-proclaimed worldwide <laughs> leader in sports, uh, and he had plenty to say about uh, collegiate basketball and uh, professional basketball this week. Um, some of the things he said was that uh, – uh, NCAA, the NF, he says the NBA has kind of ruined uh, uh, the NCAA in, in the sense that guys are leaving early and <clears throat> going to the NBA. Uh, it used to be guys who played three, four years. They take their fan base from the uh, NCAA into the NBA. He says, you know, with, what you have with, uh, with basketball, this is his opinion, is you have people who love NBA or they love the NCAA, they're not fans. They're not real, true fans of individual teams and individual uh, teams within the sport. And he says when you talk about collegiate football, you know, because guys play, you know, certain number of years, <clears throat> you know, even though people, uh, you know, they love collegiate football and they love the NFL, they also develop a fan base per player and bring them into the and bring them into the to the major league, so to speak. I know you heard that. What were your thoughts on those statements? Well, first of all, I mean, <clears throat> yes, this is the validity to that, what he's talking about. I don't think the NBA's messed up the NCAA. I think the NCAA's messed up the NCAA's intent. I think if you want to really live to that point about your fan base, you make these kids stay in there three years. You just make them, you know what I mean, because, you know, it's, it's only, according to the NBA, there's only maybe two or three top people to come out to really the for sure, they think. But if you let a kid stay in three or four years, 
in college basketball, you can really find out how really how good he is. But some guys don't really flourish until they get in there. And sometimes if you're not fundamentally ready going into basketball, you're not gonna, you're not going to get that opportunity. So uh, to me, when you go in the NBA, they're looking for instant starters. That's what they want. like the LeBron, and, you know, like the Kobe's, and all those people coming coming into the game. But you got to look at Jordan. He stayed the whole full thing in school. I think yeah, Jordan Jordan stayed three years. Um, you know, you talk about Kobe and LeBron, who both came out of high school, which you can't do anymore. Uh, you know, they're they're kind of an anomaly. Um, but but uh, we've seen so many times where a guy has has, has played you know one or two years in collegiate uh, basketball, and either didn't shine for a number of years or didn't make it at all. And and some of that has to do with the fact that a lot of coaches say. They didn't get all the fundamentals they needed. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of development that occurs at the collegiate level, and a lot of these guys are leaving before they have have developed properly, and they're thrown into a system where they're expected to know these things and and perform, and you know they don't have the time to to make that development, and then they're done. They, you know, they've got a two two year two year uh, professional career. Well, my whole thing. Listen to Jason. The thing is, I do agree with the fact that I just don't think the NBA has anything to do with. Uh, that I mean, the NC touch has set the rule. You can't you, you can't come out a minimum of three years, and definitely four years. You come out one and done. Forget all of that because I don't even think if you are talented and you're raw and you still look good, you're probably the best of the freshmen and kids and, and with underclassmen and people like that. You still need that extra time. Just maturity. You just need that. I agree with that. So are they going to tell? Regular students at the school, you you can't leave and go get a job. You have to stay here. And I mean, I, well, I get what you're saying. The, the, but the, the point that Jason's making is, is that I'm not I'm not even talking about fan base. I'm talking about you know you know the rigors of, of the NBA, and all you're gonna do is just playing basketball, whatever. Not like you do in college because in college you come to school and everything else. I'm just saying, just to think. The one part I'm agreeing on is that if you really want to get the maximum out of your ability. You need to mature and fall, get into that. Because a lot of these guys, most of these guys, are not even developed emotionally or physically. That's all I'm saying. But, no, I think somebody, if he wants to go out and uh, make a living, but just remember, you ain't really fundamentally sound. There's only a few guys can come out fundamentally and emotionally and mentally be ready for that next level. So that's all you're doing. So that's all I'm saying. And you should try to get the right to you to go get a job. But if you're dealing with the NBA, and sometimes these guys burn out, and some of these guys don't ever get opportunity because they're not there. That's all I'm going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. All the other stuff he's talking about, you know, <clears throat> that's a matter of opinion. But I'm, but I do agree with on the maturity factor because I mean, I've seen it, you know. So I've seen firsthand how guys are not ready. One of the things he said that uh, it just seems kind of kind of wild uh, and, and kind of out of left field, and I, and I know it will never happen. Is uh, he's saying that they should play they, the NCAA should pl- should pay top tier players to stay in school? Well, I don't agree with that. I agree. <clears throat> what I believe in just with college sports period, everybody you know, as, as college sports grow, especially March Madness, college football, the stipend should be significantly higher. I'm not talking about you know like he made through a number out like a million. He said a million dollars for top tier players to Come stay on, in school. That ain't happening. <laughs> you guys, you, you, you pay him a bigger stipend, but none of that. I mean, you, the college sports are definitely destroyed if you do something like that, in my opinion. Give them bigger stipends, but they got to go across the board. Mm-hmm. I agree with that part. 
you know, you, you, you go to school to learn, you go to school to develop, and that's the, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to be a full-fledged professional, you're going to mess it up. You might as well just, you may, if you come out of junior high school, you're ready for the pros. I mean, that's basically what he's saying. <laughs> well, hey, hey, you're ninth grade, man, we're going to give you a million dollars to go to North Carolina. Then, you know, then you, and then after four years, you have free agency. <laughs> you know? I, don't well, believe, I don't believe that. Yeah, he, he, he said a couple things that were, were, were pretty uh, pretty interesting there. And, and it, it makes for good soundbite and makes for a good conversation. Uh Real quick, uh, uh, breaking news. This just came out just before uh, just before we got a hold of you. Uh, <clears throat> your alumni uh, and your uh, your uh, athletic director of SC, uh, Pat Hayden, <laughs> he just made a statement. <clears throat> excuse me to the uh, LA Times. Uh, basically, let me, let me read this little quick brief for you. It says documents filed uh, by the NCAA <laughs> revealing private communications among community members related to its investigation of USC's football program are cause for concern about the NCAA's own institutional control, says Trojans Athletic Director Pat Hayden. Almost 500 pages of documents, which include emails, interview transcripts, phone records, and other communications, were part of a filing Tuesday in former USC assistant football coaches Todd McNair's defamation lawsuit against the NCAA. These recent documents confirm that, uh, what we believe all along, that the investigation and its penalties were unfair. It says the NCAA, uh, let's move, let me move down. The documents that were obtained by the Times, it says, in them, one committee member criticized the Trojans for hiring Lane Kiffin as head coach. Uh, then uh, they talked about uh, a failure to sanction USC both in basketball and football re- rewards SC for swimming with sharks, although they all talked about the importance of compliance at the hearing. Winning at any cost seems to be the most important, one of the guys wrote. They talked about what they did in Miami to clean up the program, and SC didn't have to do that. Uh, they said they had they saw problems with bringing in Lane Kiffin. Seems like what ha- if you read this article, which is in the uh, LA Times, um, I believe um, it's on ESPN.com. But if you read this article, it's basically saying uh, that the committee members who decided on the penalties were discussing things in private emails and private communique. Uh, which were more of a personal nature and more uh, less less of the investigation and, and, and the true penalties based on investigation, more about why did they hire this guy? They should have done this. We should have they, they should have done it that way. This kind of things, and so uh, Hayden saying that the penalty the penalties uh, that they received were unfair based on that. Uh, it's been a lot of talk about the penalty that they received uh, and whether it's fair or not. But uh, I know you haven't read this article, but just kind of based on what I told you so far, you have any opinion on any of this? Well, first of all, I mean, if, if, if they base a lot of stuff on their personal opinion, that's wrong. I agree with Pat when it comes to that. If it's, it's based on what, 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 what both with the books and structure of the rules, that's one thing. If they're based on their own personal opinion and stretching it, they're out of bounds, in my opinion. You know, uh, and I do believe that, that it was sort of unfair in a lot of ways because. I think Ohio State and Miami was definitely in the same category as USC as well. And I just think it was some personal vendetta. This, this, is, this is my opinion, that it was against certain, certain, certain administrators at USC at the time. I think when Garrett was there, I think a lot of it was aimed toward Garrett. And, uh, and you know, and, and Hayden has walked in on the onslaught of, of all of this stuff. But if they didn't go by the book, that's wrong. I agree with him on that. It seems like, it seems based on what you've read to me, it's like a lot of personal stuff. They incorporate it into making their rulings on the sanctions. 
Yeah, I mean, some of the statements in here are just, I, I don't even get one of the statements. It says, says uh, this guy Uphoff also related the NCAA's investigations. Into, uh, it just, it's just, I, I, I don't want to read a bunch of stuff out of context. Um, somebody, you, you want to read it, it's on ESPN.com. Um, the thing about um, investigations, period, uh, in, in, in any situation is uh, it's hard to, 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 at times for people to take their personal feelings out mm -hmm. of things, and that's why you, you figure you have committees so you know, so for checks and balances, so uh, you know these things don't these things don't occur. Uh, what happens when everybody in the committee has the same, <laughs> same basic opinion? Uh, it can steer things the wrong way. But uh, it, it's interesting. It's something that it needs to be followed, and uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Maybe something we can discuss a lot more in detail next week. See, the thing that makes that bad is that because if you have similar sanctions and certain similar violations from other universities. And, and you chose as a committee to, to pick out one school, and, and this is what I'm gathering from what I've heard and what you read. If, if other if schools across the board, some of the, it seems like if you had five schools at the same sanction, the same rule uh, violation, and you pick one school, in this case USC, and you really sanction them hard, and, and, and the other four get like ones with the same similar situation, that's a problem. And that's basically what they're saying is that other schools have the same similar rule violations and, and, and got slapped on the hand. But FC damn got the death penalty. Well, I'm going to tell you what, a, what, a, what a, a, a Superior Court judge told me one time when we were discussing stuff like this uh, as it pertained to the criminal court system. He says there's, there's similarities in, every, in a lot of cases, but no two cases are exactly the same. Right. And that's why, you know, penalties – that's you know, on the outside looking in, you say, hey, they, they did this, we did this, how come they got these sanctions and, and we got these sanctions, and why, why aren't they, you know, equal? And, 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 you know, and I don't know how the NCAA works, but I know the court system says, well, you know, when it comes to sentencing time, we can look at your past, you know, people's past convictions and past this and past that. And so although the, the cases look identical, uh, on the on the outside looking in, when you when you dig deep, they're they're not they're not exactly the same when it comes to the, to the penalty phase, and I wonder if the NCAA is uh, in a similar uh, similar ball field. Well, but, but all I'm basically saying is, if, if you're saying uh, if the judge is 50 percent, okay, if you have a, if you're a judge that says 16 ounces, and, every, and everybody fills up the bottle to eight to eight ounces, okay, that. That is the, the limited structure of violation. Now, if you go a little bit over that, then you then you start adjusting based on over that. That's what I'm saying. But if everybody is at, at halfway point of all the, the violations, then you got to stick to that code. But if then, then if one is a little higher than another, then you you tack on more. But th that's basically what I'm saying. You know, I, I'm saying that everybody that was in, involved in the violations, that what SC said, were all equal to that point. Now, if they, if they went over a little bit, okay. It is for that, but give everybody that across the board. And, and I agree with you about the judge, what he says, is every case is different. But up to that point, if everybody's the same, you judge based on the same. If anybody's a little more, then you'll then you adjust your sentence. That's what, I, that's what I'm talking about. All right. Uh, this week, the NFL owners uh, voted to uh, eliminate the blackout rule, uh, you know, for local TV games. Uh, you know, as as a fan of not uh, to eliminate it, not to, not suspended, to, suspended for, a for a year. They're going to try it. They're going to give it a little test. They're going to give it a little test this, uh, in the 2015 season. Um, 
you know, as a, that, that's basically saying you better enjoy it while it lasts. If you don't, we take it and snatch it right back. Well, you know what's going to happen if, if if ticket sales drop, then uh, then it comes right back, right? Absolutely. If uh, I think the, the the thing is is you know like when the, when the Raiders were here, uh, we've all talked about this on the show. You know, Coliseum's Coliseum's a big stadium, and to fill it to the the numbers they needed to fill to uh, to, to 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 show the the local game live. Uh, never, never happened. I mean, I was lucky enough uh, in a position to, to purchase season tickets to, during a couple of years they were here, so it didn't really phase me. But uh, you know, it uh, you know it, it really does it, when you're a fan of a team and, and you're living locally and you support the team and you buy their shit and uh, you don't go to the games uh, at the stadium. But you know, you still uh, you're still spending money. You're still putting money in the pockets of the NFL, and uh, you can't see the game uh, at home. Well, put it this way, like you said, the Coliseum—you got to put ninety thousand people to make it worth worthwhile. If, it, if, you, if you put fifty thousand in that Coliseum, like you're talking about the radio there, that's an empty stadium, basically. Yeah. And then you got to you got fifty thousand, and you maybe ten of those free, ten thousand are free ways and giveaways anyway. So really, so really, you only have forty thousand paid attendance. So I'm so I'm saying if they have a black, if they, if they do this, uh, I think basically some of these people don't want to fight the traffic. They're going, to, they're going to pull that. I don't think that's that's only going to last for a year. That's my opinion. Right. This is going to last a year. My question is, how does how does the NFL? I guess they pick up a few a few more a couple hundred tickets um, when people when it is blacked out. But I'm really how does it, how do they really benefit from blacking things out? You know, years ago years years ago when things would get blacked out. Uh, you know, people would go to a, you know, a local pub, and sometimes they would charge you a, a, a convenience fee to, to watch the games there. There's one here. I, I'm, I'm sure they still do. I quit going there when I when they tacked on something, and I couldn't even see a, a screen from where I sat. But uh, um, uh, you know, does, how does how does the NFL benefit when they black out black out games? I don't know. how They can benefit, but in my opinion, if, if you want if you want to put proposed tax or fee. You, you know, you can make everybody, uh, these bar owners, want to charge them the fee. That's a big fee across the country. Well, they do charge the bar owners a fee. I know that. <clears throat> and I, but I know that the, there are some places that charge that, pa- of, well, every place passes it on. But I, I, I've been to, play, been to places when you get your, when you get your tab, your where bill, directly where, where you see down. it, yeah, you see it on there at the bottom. There, there's a 15% surcharge. And, you know, I was at a place once years ago where I was sitting in a booth that didn't even have a view of any of the 20 TV screens I had there, didn't go there to watch any games, and then they're passing on this fee to me, and I just thought it was a bunch of BS. So, uh, you know, I have not set foot in there since. Um, but that's just a personal thing. Just remember this, too. When you have cores and you have light and you have Budweiser and all these kind of these products, you got to remember these are sponsors of the NFL too. So I mean, you, you never know what, what kind of deals they're cutting, or they're cutting them at all. So I mean, you're selling that beer and that product, and which eventually down to come, when it comes to the Super Bowl end of the year and the playoffs, they're going to get some of that money anyway. That's yeah, how I look at it. You so, know, so, I mean, <clears throat> so all those products are going to be in those bars and places these people frequent and stuff to patronize the game. So they're going to make their money some kind of way, one way. They're going to send the cat another way. But if they, but if they see a ton of fallout with this, with this blackout thing, that's that's going to be reversed. I think the blackout thing is is old school. I think it's if there was a time where if you wanted to watch your team, right, 
you either they either had to sell out so you could watch it on TV, or you had to go to the stadium. Right. As T Bone will tell you, <laughs> there are there so, are ways to see the game. <laughs> there are so many ways to see the game, and I think it's come down to first of all, I think there's two things. One is you have two kinds of fans. You have the kind of fans that aren't going to go to the game no matter, no matter what. what. No matter what. Because they don't want to deal with it. They, For whatever reason, they're not going to go. They just don't want to deal with it. And, and on the other hand, you have those fans that if there's a stadium and there's a game, they will go no matter how bad the team is. So, yeah. So that's one issue. Uh, the other issue is I think the NFL is starting to realize that there are so many ways around this whole issue. You can get you can get well, feeds no. in so many different ways. They're like, well, we might as well capture the local dollars we can capture. Not only did, I'm gonna let you finish, but not only do they see that they are they are going to stream one game this next year. Uh, one game is going to be streamed uh, for free on the internet. So I think they're starting to get the get the picture. Yeah. So I think it's two things. I think they're realizing there's a group of people that are fans. Wherever they're fans in that city, uh, like doesn't apply here in LA, who are never going to go. So you might as well capture their dollars through advertising on on that. And then the, the just the realization that blacking out isn't the effect. Blacking out gave them a monopoly, and they no longer have that monopoly because now there are so many ways you can no. get around that. And I think they're just facing. That reality. Yeah, and the, the economic divide between NFL fans today is absurd. I mean, the, yes. people that, the people that watch the games for free on the over-the-air broadcast, you know, if you're, if you're on your rabbit ears getting the CBS and the Fox games on Sunday mornings because you don't have DirecTV, if you can't afford DirecTV, you cannot afford to go to one of these games. I mean, so NFL, true. NFL so exactly. tickets right now are it's 140, 150 bucks for the nosebleed seats at a don't Chargers forget, game. Don't forget the thirty dollars, forty dollars <laughs> <of> parking. <laughs> Let me tell you how the networks and the cables and everything else is, is, is uh, influencing the fan base based on in my opinion. Now, a lot of people just be content with the two games on CBS, the two games on Fox, and just wait for ESPN to come out to show the damn highlights. I mean, you know, people just people become content content with that. Now, the true football junkies are gonna have Direct TV, and even if they can't afford it, they're gonna have Direct TV because because everybody wants to keep up with the Joneses if you want to have you to watch football. And I, I know some junkies like that. I said, I mean, you can't buy gas. You got Direct TV. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? One guy said, "Man, I gotta have my. I, you know, I, 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 I gotta have Direct TV." I won't put gas in my, in my tank. I got to see them games. I'll walk. All you got those kind of people. But as but, but as a whole, some people are content with just seeing the, the, the games on CBS, Fox, and just and then see that Monday night game on Channel Four. I mean that that Sunday night game on Channel Four, and then see the then see the see the highlights with uh, Chris Berman and Tom Jackson. People are content with that. I mean that's and, and that's how they geared the fan base also. So they, so like you said, but they they can skin the cat all kinds of. And they definitely know who the junkies are, the casual walkers, the watchers, or the once-a-week watchers, the just-the-money night folks. They got it all down to a science. One of the interesting things, uh, one of the interesting statements I saw uh, during the uh, owner's meeting uh, an interview, uh, Robert Kraft, that's the uh, Patriots owner, right? Mm-hmm. He, uh, they asked him about you know football and coming to L.A., 
and he said that he believed there will be two teams in L.A. next season. Uh, one of the things he spoke, spoke about, or, 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 or maybe I don't know if he spoke about it, but it was around that interview they had with him. They mentioned that um, this Rams owner, uh, he still plans on building that stadium in Inglewood. He said he's going to build two home offices, two home locker rooms, uh, so, that, so two teams could play at his stadium, and they'd each have their all, all their own crap, uh, you know, individually at the stadium. Uh, so. Uh, and Kraft, Kraft seems to think, uh, based on the, the he said, based on the conversations we've had in the meeting, uh, he expects there to be two teams in this area next season. Well, if they do, they're going to have to play it. They're going to play temporary places. Is it going to be the Coliseum? I don't know. I don't know if they got to cut a deal with SC. It's going to be the Rose Bowl. they got to cut a deal with the Rose Bowl people. So where are you going to play that? Are you going to do it at the Dodgers Stadium? Who knows? They might do that to promote it. They might be at that angle stadium. So there's going to be a temporary place to play because it takes two years to build one of them stadiums, 18 months to 24 months to build a stadium. You know? And then also you've got to go through the thing about, okay, is it going to be privately done or is it going to be with taxpayer money? Because the problem here in California, they don't want to build no stadiums with, 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 with taxpayers' money. It's got to be privately done. Yeah. So if the NFL can work that out, unless the NFL is helping them subsidize the, the two teams and the stadiums, that's one thing. But there's a lot of opposition about you know. And you got to realize, California is broke anyway. So, you know, those people are not going to foot the bill for, for any kind of sports stadium. You got to do it privately, period. That's that's the word I'm getting, and that's where it's always been, especially in the last 10 years. Um, when if if they were to do that, and and you talk about you talk about like you said, it would take two years to build a stadium or whatnot. Uh, and you said, you know, there's a chance of playing in temporary spots. That You know, the playing in temporary spots is not unprecedented. And we, we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, even when the Dodgers came here, they played in some temporary spots and, and the Angels too. So um, that's not unprecedented. But you think you think that there's a, a really a, a solid possibility of that happening, bringing two teams? Where, are, where else? There's only a few places where there are two teams in the same market. I think there's New York. In the NFL, there's only one. Let me say this thing. You've got, you got the New York Giants and New York Jets playing in the Meadowlands in New Jersey. They don't even play in the number one market. They play in New Jersey. They don't even play in New York. No, but they, they but they both play in New Jersey. They, they both play in New Jersey. <laughs> so, so you got no team in the number one market. Yeah, that's the myth about how they put out there. But there is no team in the number one market. There's no team. There's no no. There's no team in the number one market. There's no team in the number two market. The closest thing to the number one market is New Jersey. So that's how they that's how the NFL markets it. So the two main markets don't even have football teams in there. So the team if they put two teams, it's going to be an NFC team and an AFC team here in that stadium. Period. If it's going to be the Chargers or the Raiders moving here, that, that's two AFC teams. So that's not going to happen. So they got to move with either give the Rams here or either bring the Chargers up or either have the Raiders come down back down. There. But the politics of the NFL, they prefer having the Chargers here because the long history with Pete Rozelle and Al Davis. So that still lingers on amongst some of the owners and stuff. The, the, the new Al Davis of the day is uh, Jerry Jones of the Cowboys. So. The bottom line is they're going to have the AFC, AFC team and NFC team. And I believe it does have to be the Rams or be the Chargers. That's my estimation. And I, I think that the, the the possible temporary venue issue is the easiest one. I mean, if if, if I were the owner of whichever teams uh, end up moving to L.A. and there's not a building for me yet, 
I would go straight to the StubHub, formerly Home Depot Center, and say, I want to play in your 25,000-seat stadium. It's a perfect place for an inspector. We'll charge 300 bucks a ticket, wow. and people will be salivating, foaming at the mouth for a chance to get in and see it for a year or two. For sure. And then when you build the new building, people will be beating down the doors, literally, to get in there. I mean, it's... Well, Matt, you know, to the people on the main, the thing that you just said, I agree with that. And, and they might add, you know, they might add uh, 10,000 seats to that. So it might make it 35 to 40,000. Mm-hmm. So they yeah, they've got room in the that. end zone there. Yeah, they, 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 they can manufacture some stuff, and then they can do a lot of stuff. You know, they're innovative to do that. Now, I, I agree with them. That would be a perfect venue to go. And I do believe what you just said, if you put out $300 tickets, you have, you'll have everybody... Even people the will TV come. guy going to the game, he, he can't even afford to put gas in his car. <laughs> he can't afford his direct TV or his season ticket. I'll, I'll rent him a bike. <laughs> <laughs> My kids get free lunch at school. They're fine. <laughs> it's like that, uh, that uh, what's his name, commercial, uh, Rob Lowe. <laughs> yeah, my kids, I should find about what they want to eat, but that's the stepdad's problem now. <laughs> hey, uh, AD, uh, uh, let's switch, let's switch uh, gears here a little bit. Uh, Lovey Smith, uh, you know, he's, um, you know, the people ask him about, you know, his, you know, I think they have the number one draft pick. They ask him about Jameis Winston. And uh, I'm going to tell you what he said, and I want to get your thoughts on it. He says, what do, you, what do you want a quarterback to do? He goes, well, you want him to be able to win and get, peop- get people to believe that you can uh, help, that he can help be the reason why we win every game, Smith explained. I think he's done that. He's got a track record. He's got a Heisman behind him. He's, a, he's got a national championship. You start talking to his teammates, and they all say the same thing. You talk to the coaches that have been around him in the room. You put him on the board. You start talking about his football intelligence. You let him sell himself. He can sell himself. He, reiter- he reiterated that he is comfortable making Winston the top selection in the draft despite his off-field troubles. I agree with that. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, see, a lot of people get the off the field stuff concerned and clawed with his on the field ability. He, he, you know, he, he split. I mean, he just made some mistakes. And as I was advising, don't do And trust me, I believe there's been a lot of people in his rear, rear end, on his butt of mine and letting him know. If you do this, you're out the league. And you got to realize what's going on in the league with all these other players off the field. They want It's a, it's a zero tolerance. So I think he's gotten that. But on the field, I agree with Lovey. The thing is now what they got to do, if he drafts him, he's got to get him in sync with the system systematically so he can be confident to be able to lead. Because he was so confident about what Jimbo Fitch was doing at Florida State and what he was doing, it was second nature to him. He's got to get in a situation where he becomes second nature to him as a player. Because there's going to be some adjustment up there, up there with, the, with the Buccaneers. Which, so, which, but, 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 but on paper, going in, Lovey Smith is absolutely right. But you never know. Everything's a crap shooting in, in, in the draft. Mm-hmm. It depends on where you go. Who knows? He, he, will he work with Lovey Smith? Will he have the right people around him, coaching and working with him with the other pieces around him? So those are all question marks, too, that they're not bringing out. <clears throat> just because you're this and you're that doesn't mean it misses with the team that you have around. Yeah. I could tell you that just from my days playing in the ball, too. I, I get why Lovey likes this guy, though. You know, I mean, the last time he staked his career on a quarterback was when Chicago brought in Jay Cutler. That was crazy. And that was, yeah, I mean, at the time even, people thought it was crazy, and it's 
panned out to be pretty damn crazy. I mean, Lovey Smith is no longer there, obviously. Uh, and I think he looks at this as a chance at a fresh start. But also, I think that he emphasizes the fact that this kid, he knows he's been a part of winning. And Cutler, for all of his raw physical talent, Vanderbilt, I don't think, ever won more than six games when he was playing in college. Maybe seven his senior year. You know, like they, they, they made a bowl game, but they were not a winning team. You know, they weren't a, and I don't think he ever really had that expectation uh, put on him. And to, to get a guy like Winston who has, you know, not only played at the highest level but won at the highest level, I think that's tantalizing if you're a coach who's, who's had a guy with the talent but not necessarily that – random that x factor that you just can't describe so i understand well, yeah, i think why he loves it everybody in the league likes his kids talent every every personnel guy likes this guy okay just have a good buccaneers position to get this guy guarantee if, if belichick could get this kid he'd get him too mm-hmm. so i'm just saying let him sit a couple years behind brady how long brady's gonna be there because obviously the physicality of him brady doesn't have anything on him in terms of physical attributes. The only thing that Brady has is from the shoulders up, he's a whiz out there, along with Belichick's system. So everybody likes this kid. And I, and I can tell you, if he had a ability, Lovey, when he was Chicago, had a guy with this ability, Lovey might still probably be there. Mm-hmm. What's, what I, what I, what's interesting is, is, is he mentioned his off-field problems. Now, you, we here in the show, the last, I don't know how many weeks in a row, we've talked about uh, players getting in trouble, uh, and you've mentioned that uh, uh, you know the NFL is going to start taking in, taking into uh, you know before they sign these guys these contracts, they're going to start taking into account what they've what they've done in college, the off-field problems and and things like that. And you said you know there's going to be a time when guys like that, not I'm not talking about Winston specifically, but guys that have a lot of off-field problems and stuff like that might not make it in the league. Um, you know, but you say that this guy is is a good choice. Now, I, I like the kid, but I mean, um, you know, I'm just throwing this out there. If 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 you feel that that, that there's going to be a time when the NFL is going to look past people who are bringing quote baggage to the to the uh, to the brand, uh, why is he still a good choice? Well, I believe I believe a lot of it. I think what we don't even know. I think behind it, they dug dug into his background. They talked to his parents. I'm, I think they've done a whole lot of stuff. And I, 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 but I can tell you, what some of the things I've been hearing, whether how true they are or not, the league will start putting serious clause in all these contracts now. They, they, they don't want they don't want any more hits. They don't want sponsors flowing out locally or nationally behind some stuff. That's not going to happen. If the NFL knows you're going to lose, they're going to lose their money. They're going to lose you. So, so, so I'm saying, all of these kids are going to be. They're going to be. They, these kids come out that haven't been scrutinized. I've never seen people scrutinized where they're being scrutinized now. They're checking under your pillows now. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's and that's what it is. And, and don't be surprised. You have some serious out clauses with these got with these teams. And, it, and, it, and, and whatever it is one chance, two chance, whatever. It's going to be a zero tolerance. I'm telling you, they're going to get rid of these guys. Black, white, green, whoever you are, you're, you're gone. If you're going to cost them their money and, and you put stains on the brand. With all these women groups and these sponsors and going on and stuff like that, hey, can you tell you something? You're gone. No matter how good you are, you see what's going on with Jerry Jones down there with Dallas. This other guy with the crap he was doing. I mean, tell you something. I mean, this guy is not getting any endorsements, and he better do this be the sack king that they say he's going to be, the dominant two or whatever they call him in that. 
the bottom line is it's going to be a zero tolerance because you know there's no one in the league touching but Jerry Jones. He's the Raul Davis of, of today. No one's touching these guys. Look at Adrian Peterson. He had a local Peterson, uh, uh, local sponsor put out behind what happened to him. Well, in, let, in Mitchell, he's been a model guy. Well, let's talk. That's, that was the last thing I wanted to talk about was Adrian Peterson. Apparently, he feels that the Vikings slighted him. The Vikings didn't, uh, you know, didn't didn't show him any support when he uh, when he made his statements after he. Uh, Came to came to a thing with the with the courts. He he thanked everybody but the Minnesota Vikings, um, and uh, there's talk that he wants to leave the Vikings now. Minnesota Minnesota Vikings coach Mike Zimmer re- reiterated the organization's stance on the status of tailback Adrian Peterson, saying he expects Peterson to honor his contract and play for the team in 2015. He quoted as saying, "I'm not going to speculate on what he wants or doesn't want." Zimmer says. Adrian's under contract for three more years with us, and that's why you sign those contracts. That's why you get those big bonuses, you know. Uh, He says, we have no plans to trade Adrian. Well, you and I and everybody else knows that these contracts, they they can do it. The NFL does what they want with these contracts. They sign guys to contracts and cut them all the time and and wave them, and then, you know, guys can't get picked up. And and like like I say frequently, and we've all said here frequently, you know, know, the the house holds holds all the cards. Uh, What are your thoughts on uh, what the coach is saying? And I don't know what you're you're hearing, and, and, you you know, between the grape leaves there about what's going on with Adrian. Uh, will he be playing for the Vikings? Will he be happy playing for the Vikings? Will they utilize him? Will they do what uh, Al Davis did with Marcus Allen and just keep him keep him under contract but not play him? What do you think is going to happen here? Well, first of all, you know he should have thought about that before he did all what he did. And, and, and second of all, he's not going anywhere. You got three years left. Who's going to take that contract? Like you got to change everything. You got you got salary caps. You got all kind of stuff. You got people franchising teams. You know you got to do some whole restructuring if you brought him to somewhere. I mean, I'm sure other I'm sure Jerry Jones would love, to, uh, would love to have him in Dallas. He's from Texas, and and and, and yada yada yada, whatever. But the bottom line is, you got to restructure all kinds of things. If they want to do that, three years left, you got to go back. You got no choice. You're stuck. I agree with the coach. You you got to honor that contract. It ain't like you got a year. And even if you had a year left, you still need to honor that contract. But he got three years. Unfortunately, you know, I'm on the side of the coach on this one because. Uh, and you got to remember, each organization deals with their incidents different from what they vary from various. For example, if that had been the Dallas Cowboys, he was with the Cowboys, and it happened to him, they might be a different deal. They'd embrace him probably different from the ownership of, of the, for the Vikings. But obviously, they had a strong stance on that. And then when they lost the sponsorship behind it, you know, that's on Adrian. He, he should have done this last year. Last year, as soon as he got in trouble, he should have done the Carson Palmer and said, I'm retiring from football. Well, whatever it takes. Is what he Tear up my contract, so piss on it, whatever. And then next, this next year he could come back with whoever he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever you want to do, but the bottom of how he handled, how he's being advised, advised, we don't know what that was about. But the bottom line is he has a three-year, he has three years left on his contract. And also, and you got to look at the fact of how old he is. <clears throat> it takes one shot, he could be done. So he, he should be grateful that he has three years. And, and, and he's got so much of that money guaranteed. See, you just can't jump from another team just because you had a mishap and you had a problem off the That is not going to happen. You can't just restructure a whole another team just because you want to leave. That's 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 out. He it just it's not going to happen. Unfortunately, he he he's a, he's a, he's a prisoner of his own doing. Mm-hmm. 
Well, AD, as always, it's great to get your insight on what's happening in the world of sports, and uh, we look forward to chatting with you each week, brother. And you don't need to tell agents go read the book. Maybe that'll help them straighten him out. That's right, man. Uh, tell, you know, before we before we go, I mean, uh, we got to we got to we got to kind of we got to kind of mention the book there, man, because everybody needs to know about AD's book. Uh, noted, noted, how the Notre Dame killer recovered his brain, and uh, it's a it's a book about it's a book not only about concussion and and, and what you what you went through and, and Dr. Amen and stuff, but it's 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 a lot about your life too, right? Right, absolutely. And people can find that on Amazon as well as Hulu, or you can click on the front page of swoopsworld.com and click to it and go right there from there and get it. And I think it should be uh, it should be required reading for anybody who straps on a helmet and and or wants to know more, learn more about AD and, and what he's been through uh, throughout the years, brother. It's always a pleasure. We we thank you so much for uh, for joining us each week, and we'll talk to you again soon, man. Okay, swoops, T-bone, we'll talk. Catch right. next time, Andy. The great Anthony Davis, everybody. This is the Heart Pills Driver Side Door. We'll be back after this.
in almost every school bus and classroom. I go to school with your children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. You see me around the neighborhood, and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America, and I'm struggling with hunger. This problem is closer than you think. My teacher tells me we can grow up to be whatever we want. I want to grow up to be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. There's enough food in this country to feed everybody. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we are Feeding America, brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. What's up, world? I'm Porter. And I'm Kaysen. And we're Project Rehab. And you're listening to Soup World. I told him, I swear your 20s, it gets better. <laughs> your 20s, you're going to get shit on. You're going to do a, uh, yeah. a, a, a YouTube thing. Yeah. Welcome back to Swoops World on Talk Star Radio Network. And uh, I got to say, uh, to all you NFL players, if uh, if you get in trouble during the season, don't call Larry H. Parker. Call T-Bone. He's got a plan for you. Mm-hmm. You, know, you might have to retire mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, come back the following year, brand new. Uh, he's got plans. He's yeah. thought it all out. Man. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah. If you don't understand it by now, call me and give me a cut. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to get a cut. You got to wait 30%, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, I think technically I'd be an agent for them at that point, and I think they're – Ten percent. They have a set. It's no, no, no. the NFL agents are set at like three percent or four no percent, something no. like that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they, they had to give the people call over in the That's movie. That's part industry. of the CBA. Go call over the people in the movie industry. They take they thirty to forty percent yeah. right out of the top. They're they, 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 chunks. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure, man. One, one more, re- one more reason not to feel sorry for those players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their union's protecting them. Yeah. yeah, they done figured it out. But I think the basketball unions actually got a uh, basketball players actually got a better union man, when it comes to you know making decisions on. Well, you know that's an interesting topic, you know, because of what we were just talking about earlier about the NBA, especially in term NBA and leaving college early. That's an, that's a, it's a hot topic for both basketball and football because you've got both professional major American leagues, you know, the NBA and the NFL both impose restrictions on incoming players yeah, about can, how long they have to be out of high school before they can enter eligibly into their leagues. In basketball, it's a year. Football, in football, it's, it's three, three years. years. Yeah. And in both cases... I think it's 
you know, it's a screw job. If, now, especially if we get into a situation like AD was suggesting, like I guess Whitlock was suggesting, where the NBA, I mean, the NCAA mandate that players that enter stay the whole time or closer to the whole time. And, you know, if you get rid of the one-and-done alternative, I mean, the, the ultimatum that the NBA has where you, they say you have to go do something for a year, it might as well be college, because that's what the NBA says. Right. They say you could go play. See, I think that's a big part of the problem. Yeah, it is. They say you can go play in a park for a year, or you can go... Just come back when you're 19. Yeah. See, and so, basketball. so what are these guys going to do? But here's, here's, they're they're going to, if they're the kind of talent who would be in the NBA at that time already, they're obviously going to And get, of all the sports, of all the sports, the, the major ones, like the, you could be 18 and be good enough to play in the NBA. Baseball's the same it's, way. It's unusual. Baseball is, but here's, they have a minor league system. But, no, no, but, but you could be drafted, you could go right from you high could. school to the thing. But here's the thing. There's more, the, there's, if you think of all the guys, if you think of all the names who came to the NBA right out of high school, there's more that succeeded than that failed. Yeah. You could talk about, uh, I think, you get, you, of course, you got Moses LeBron, Malone. Moses Malone, you got LeBron, Sean you got Kobe, Kemp. Sean Kemp. I mean, the names of people who succeeded coming right out of high there's school. There's a lot less to learn. greater than the names of the people who failed coming right, right. out of high school. Yeah, when you, especially when you're talking like football. Football, there's systems to be learned. There's And every school, well, talking every about team's the, got their own system. The reason football has that, that thing is because of the size and strength of the players and right. the hits. And, 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 and combined with just... Knowledge, like it's a game that every position has quite a bit more knowledge. Basketball is a lot less about plays and a lot more about just raw talent. If you've got the raw talent as an adult at eighteen, then you probably have the raw talent at twenty-one. There's not a there's not as much a difference. Yeah, and, it's, and it's not to say that basketball doesn't have complex no, systems and no, stuff, it, it but does. there are less moving parts. Literally, you got exactly. five guys for your team on the floor at a time. You play offense and defense yeah, in a game, a, it's so a fluid it's not thing. so specialized. It's more, I mean, yeah, if you're good enough, if you're good enough to go into the NBA here's the at 18, you should be allowed here's, here's to go Here's the question in. I have. Uh, they're, okay, they're, they're, I think the majority of the things they talked about with the, with the NFL, specifically with the age and stuff, they, the, the thing I kept hearing mostly was about the size of the players, the speed of the game, and the, and the collisions. Okay, does You could still... Fight in the MMA, you can still box, you can still go to war. So, oh no, I agree. Let me, let me tell you what it boils down to. It boils down to: Do I want to scout 128 universities and a handful of you know second division colleges, or do I want to scout 7,000 high schools? Well, of course, of that course. play high school football. And you know what? Realistically. It is. It is a big. I mean, it's a huge. When you oh, play, it's an when, you, when you job. play, when you play high school ball, even if you go to a local JC, the 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 the, the, the talent, the speed, and the, the hits you take is far greater than the last year, your senior year in high school. Yeah. Well, you know, and, I mean, and it's here's, a big jump. I, I guess I don't understand in the NFL's case what they're so afraid of because. First of all... If you don't cut it, you don't cut it, right? <laughs> yeah. And the, N- the NFL has a, a combine, a scouting combine mm-hmm. already for college, people leaving college. Right. It's invite only. 
you know, they invite 300 or so players who are have exhausted their eligibility in college or have just said, I'm done anyway, I'm going, invite me. And if they're good enough, they, you've put it on tape already, they're going to call you up and say, hey, come, come do your thing. Those guys have more to prove, I think. Um, you know, guys who have only been in college for a couple of years of actual competition, they've got more to prove than a guy who's been there for four years. And they're going to be there's going to be more expected to show off from those guys. If they open the door and say, you know what, this three year requirement, crumble it up, throw it away. The combine is still an invite process. I mean, how many guys in co- in high school football are setting the world on fire to the point where the NFL is going to call them up and say, hey, show up. Second week of February in Indianapolis. I mean, ain't gonna happen. There, there. I think there probably would be ten. Oh, I, I think less than that. <laughs> I think it would be like three or four nationwide. I mean, because you see m- more so in football than basketball the the late light bulb. You know, the late bloomer and guys where things just click at a time after people would have initially seen them. And you see guys that transfer from a JC to... Or come from another country, never played football, Christian Nicoya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like... Go Azusa the Pacific. Um, but I think part of it is the fact that, you know, there's the physical aspect of right. it, which is the NFL's excuse, which is that an 18-year-old doesn't physically match up to a 22-year-old. Which, which most cases they don't. Yeah, yeah. Most I mean, that's cases true. They probably ninety five percent of the time. The NFL and the NBA, for that matter, they don't deal with most cases. They deal with freaks of fucking nature. Exactly. And but, and freaks of nature at eighteen are still freaks of nature. I mean, they are <laughs> freaks of nature at eighteen. Come out of Nebraska, man. <laughs> well, here's the, you know, the but, NFL blew it. The NFL. See, if you talk about the NBA, you talk about baseball. NBA has a CBA, right? Baseball's got the minor leagues, AAA, AA, single A. When they had NFL Europe, that was a good place for guys to go. Guys who were kind of washed up, trying to rehabilitate. Guys who didn't really get a good look. I mean, and look who came out. There's a few guys that came out of there and won Super Bowls that are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, they blew that. And, I, and they weren't losing any money on that. Come and on. here's here's why the NFL and the NBA, because uh, the, the D League that the NBA has is it's a joke. I mean. But it's, it's a place it's where a, you can it's a, it's a It's a token drop in the bucket compared to what baseball does, for instance. Well, that's true. But baseball is honest to their players about it. You know, The NFL and the NBA are both selling this dream to kids, saying, get that scholarship, come play for us, you're going to be a millionaire. And it's a fucking lie. I mean, the NBA average career is probably, you know, Four and a half, three, five years. Three years, four years, four maybe. Years. The NFL average career is like two point seven yeah, years. Half. Just over um, two and a half. So the they want to sell this idea of riches and fame and fortune, which is, I mean, empirically a lie. Especially when you look at not only how much these guys make over the course of their quote unquote careers, but what happens to that money mm-hmm. within five years of them leaving. Yeah. I mean, they're all, they're, not all. A lot. A huge majority spend every dollar they earned and more 
within five years of Hookers leaving. and blow, man. Hookers and blow. Hey, man, we've all been there. <laughs> um, but baseball, like I said, is honest with their guys about it. They're like, yeah, you're going to come ride the buses. $25 per you're gonna, diem. Yeah, you're going to get per diem. That's what you're going to make. You want to know how much money you're going to make? Oh, you were a 17th round draft pick? You were a 45th round draft pick? Your signing bonus? You owe wipe us. your nose. <laughs> wipe your nose with your copy of the contract. That's your signing bonus. I, uh, I, I, I worked at I worked this guy when, I, when we were, yeah, I was in college. I worked at the grocery store, right? One of the guys I worked at the grocery store, he was uh, he was a baller. I mean, he played high school ball. He was pretty, pretty darn good, right? He quit. He quit because he got he got picked up. And a year later, he was back at the grocery store. I'm like, what, what dude? Yeah, you gave away your. He said, he said, man, I'm right. He goes, I was in Mexico riding on buses <laughs> with chickens and farm animals yeah. and stayed five door room. You know, twenty bucks a day here and there. And he goes. The big leagues was so far away from where I was going to be. He says, and, I... And I, <laughs> I, I really think that if the NFL slash NBA and college sports got on the same page a little bit, not collusion, but just like, let's make it so that let's be they've got options, yeah. but their options are pretty obvious. I mean, you know, right now you've got college football players wanting to get, wanting to unionize. You know, wanting to say, oh, we need more of this and more of that. And it's like, you know what? You're getting a free fucking college degree. And what you're having to work your balls off. But what happened? But, we had, uh, I mean, years ago, like, when I was in high school and in college, there were semi-pro teams around here. I mean, they were, I think there were. Orange County Rhinos, I think there were. Uh, I know we have arena football now and stuff like that, but there were semi-pro football teams around here, and they had a semi-pro football league in the area. And you know, and and some of the guys are on the field. It was like when I was in Oklahoma watching Sammy Sosa play for the Iowa, whatever. Some of the guys on the in the in the semi-pro the names you knew because they, they played a few years in the NFL. Uh, they were never going to make it back to the NFL, and these guys were very much playing for glory, as we mm-hmm. talked about. But there was a place for guys who thought. They still had that dream ahead of them, and you know, occasionally, apparently, NFL scouts would come to a game or two. True or not, who knows? But you know what I'm saying? And yeah. They, they, but that's not. I don't, I don't hear about that anymore. I don't hear about the semi pro. I don't anymore. think there's. I mean, I'm sure there are instances where that kind of arrangement still exists, mm-hmm. but it's not. I can guarantee you, it's not on the NFL's radar. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there might be teams that are semi pro in name. But they're not, you know. There's no. Oh, no we're, we're we're keeping an eye out for who the guys are that stand out in the Midwest bowling slash semi-pro football league. You know, I mean, they're not they're not they're not looking at this stuff because they they're lazy. They want somebody else to do the work for them, and they've got a rule set up to require their talent pool to go through those channels to do it. But the problem with NFL. And a problem with football. Let's just say football. When you talk about basketball, you talk about baseball, okay? If you don't make it, let's say you can't make it in MLB, or, or let's say you can't make it in NBA, you, there's, still, uh, there's still those international teams that a lot of guys end up playing. Europe's got some legitimate Spain, Spain or Italy. Italy you can go to that. China now. Same, thing with, same, same there. thing with baseball. You, you, know, you might not make it, might not make it in MLB, but you go play in Japan. You play Miners, with, Japan, you play Korea. Miners and stuff like that. Cuba. NFL, <laughs> NFL has pretty much eliminated that when they got yeah. rid of NFL Europe. There's yeah. no, if you play, if you're 
profession is is football, and you don't make it in the NFL, you have a shot at the CFL, and that's about it. That's about it. I mean, there's really nowhere else yeah. to to take your talents. And <laughs> so, so you can't go you to know, South Beach. They're, they're, uh, I hate to cast aspersions, but I mean, the NFL leadership is very short-sighted. Well, this, you know, the 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 insistence on trying to change rules of the game. For the supposed for the supposed benefit long term of the game, I think you know it shows for one weak mindedness, but also that they they don't have any any compass as to where they want it to be. They're trying to go where the wind will take them, and they're trying to make as much money right now as they possibly can. You know, I think almost every one of their Concessions to the idea of safety and concussions have been hollow gestures aimed at keeping their newfound female they're basically, uh, they're audience. Ba- they're basically among other things like attacking their version of or, or, or not attacking, you know, placating to their their version of mothers against drunk yeah. drivers. Right? Yeah. Uh, we're in the sports. Let me go ahead and hit your intro. Go ahead. You know that sound? What even just happened? It's time for sports <laughs> with T-Bone's timeout, or as we say it here, it's T-Bone's timeout. Woo! That was fun. We got to talk sports before we were even talking sports. <laughs> How do it know? <laughs> um. Beautiful night here in the studio. It was a little warm today. It's going to be warmer tomorrow. It's going to be warmer tomorrow on the next day and the next day. It's going to be in the 90s by the weekend. Really not down with this. (laughs) Kids are digging it because they've been in the pool every day. Uh, (laughs) Every day since last weekend, this past weekend. And uh, they come home from school, they get their homework done, they jump in the pool. And I love that because then I don't have to go, dude, I'm bored. (laughs) Go in the pool. Leave me alone. No, we were. Uh, I, we had to get your. Uh, we had to get your intro in, but uh, uh, oh, sign out. That's messed up. I got to correct that. Um, but uh, as we were talking, go, we just pick up where we left off. Well, right? you know, we were talking about this weird labor arrangement that uh, the NCAA and professional sports have in this country, and I think there are definitely some issues. You know, we got. Unhappy professional athletes. We got unhappy "quote unquote" amateur athletes. We've got weird rules that seem to kind of screw the athletes on either end of the spectrum. Well, I, I don't want to interrupt, but Swoop and I uh, at our regular Friday meeting, mm-hmm. which you're always welcome to attend if you're interested. Uh, but I know you have a real job. <laughs> uh, at, a, at that very important meeting that we always have, uh, we, we discussed the idea that you know well, one of the problems is is that honestly. If we're just totally blunt, football is a gladiator sport. It's it's just it's all about the hit, the slam, the glory, the blood, and all three of us played it, and none of us are complaining about it. But that's what it is. Unfortunately, the NFL is is trying to They've downplay that. They're, way too much. Yeah. they're trying to be like, no, it's really not that. It's it's a sport, but you know, it's like no. You know, like I, I, I do a thing called kendo, which is a Japanese. You go try to 
dominate someone's will physically yeah. <laughs> well, and psychologically. But like we sit there and we talk. Yeah, like you get right to the fucking point. <laughs> we sit there. We sit there and we we are training to use a sword. Now we use a sword that won't kill you, but there will be times where like the guy who's speaking in Japanese, right? And somebody's translating what the teacher's saying, and he's saying, "So you, you need to hit him so that your sword goes through his head. <laughs> like there's no bones about it. It's, a, it's you're literally you're learning murder, murder. You're learning to no, use a you're sword. You're learning homicide. So you learn all homicides aren't murder. That's right. <laughs> you know, there's an instance. There's a certain move that you use where you hit somebody in the throat, and so you know." You probably never really thought about this, but if you stick a sword in the throat and that person falls over, your blade is now caught in their throat. Yeah. So you have to remember to pull the blade out. So you go in and out. It's important. <laughs> and you don't get a point unless you do that. Point is, that's the sport, and they're not trying to sugarcoat it. The, the, the sensei's talking to you and telling you, you need to be, you need to be scary. You know, football... Used to be like that. But see, the NFL is trying to change that. Along those it's same lines. Not like that along anymore. Along those same lines, the NFL ought to adopt what Jim McMahon did. He says wrestling is sports entertainment. <laughs> All right. Basically, yeah, it looks like we did this and that really didn't happen. But that other part where he flipped the guy, that really happened, right? But the guy's not hurt, okay? It's sports Entertainment and the, and the NFL is as gradually turning into sports entertainment. They are. It's not yeah. like you said. It, they're taking away the gladiator aspect out of it and just want it to be entertaining. But it's it's what draws you know it's what draws people to the sport and and there's Listen, not necessarily anything wrong with it. Like as again as we had this discussion in the meeting, you know, back in the day when you were a gladiator, you didn't have to fight. But then you'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> right? oh, you were a slave I who had no choice. And you can just cut my head off. Right. You can do that. I go cut a few heads off first. Yeah. No, no, these guys are all... I can win and still die. Yeah. These guys are all, like, just... They, they, they're they're not only are they getting glory, not only are they getting paid relatively well. Even the guys who only have two years those get two, paid a pile of money. Two pretty decent years. So, you know, at least from a... Now, what they do with that money, well, Before that's up taxes, to them. you're talking 600 grand. Yeah. So yeah. we're talking two some years, good marks. Some good bucks. Minimum. Um, you're the 248th pick in the draft. Yeah. So, I mean, so, and nobody's making any of these people, as we all said. They're all adults. They're all adults. We all did it. We all were happy to do it. We'd all probably trade a few <laughs> years of life to do it for just a couple of years. And it's, it's really a shame. That the NFL is like uh, trying to, as you were just saying, like they're they're they're, they're dumbing down this idea. And, and just... the problem, a lot of this problem comes from the fact that they've been anointed the voice of this game that's not theirs. You know, like the, football does not belong to the NFL. No, we we never played by the rules the NFL plays with. Football we, we all top Warners, right? We, well, <laughs> it belongs to America. God well, damn college, it. Certainly yeah. college more than the NFL. Let me I mean, say. there's been more college football for longer periods yeah. than there has been the NFL. Collegiate and, football know, is still the greatest sport in the world. It, it goes it back 100 years. Yeah. The NFL and, does not. And, you know, the if you played Pop Warner football or if you played high school football, the rules of those versions of the game are much truer to the college rules of the game. Yes. You know, it... These are three brands, 
three tweaks on the same version of football, basically you're you're talking about changing the size of the player and the number of minutes that each quarter lasts. Right. You know, Pop Warner, it's 10 minutes. In high school, it's 12. In college, you play a full 15 minutes. In high, high school and college, you don't have to weigh in before the game. That's <laughs> nice, because I missed weight one game, and it fucking sucked. So did I. Oh, God, that was miserable. Jersey turned inside out. Oh, man. And, you know, and, here, all right, this is a sidebar. Sidebar. Because <laughs> my parents were involved in all the sports stuff I did, but, like, my dad was coaching my brother's team. And my mom was the business manager for my team, which the business manager is the, the coach who man, who uh, does the weigh-ins before the games. So my mom was there with the other team's business manager as all of us stood up on the scale and hopped off. And, you know, you got to hold your... You're, you're you start, wearing your shoulder pads. You're wearing your shoulder pads and everything, and they give you like I don't know. They gave you like nine pounds or something for your your pads, and I knew that my pads only weighed six and a half pounds. So I was already like playing with fire. And this it was the second to last game of the season, and I stepped on that scale, and it went up like a half a pound every week too. So like. Oh, modern day. They gave room for growth, you know, because oh, lucky we were growing boys. <laughs> and I step on the scale and it goes, <laughs> smacks, it hit the top of that fucking, that little window so hard. Oh, I thought it was going to break a hole in it. I was like, that's not good. And the, the other team's business manager goes, oh, no, it's fine. We'll do the strip weight. And I look at my mom, which is already a fucked up thing, because my mom was the business manager for my team, and I look at her like, oh, no, please, let's not go there. And she's like, well, you're not playing if you don't do a strip weight. And I'm like, can I not? She said, I'll leave the room. And I'm like, oh. All those times you never thought your mom would say, I'm going to leave the room with you and an adult male in your underwear? No. No. Just, Sandusky? <laughs> something went wrong there. She's like, okay, Jerry, you and my kid are going to hang out. Yeah. I'll be outside. Keep your hands yourself. Thankfully, nothing terrible happened. But I mean, I already knew how this was going to end. Right? So it's like, oh, yeah, you're actually... And when you do the strip weight, they don't just do the kadunk or kadunk. Yeah, you know, yeah. it either goes up or down. They go, oh, let's see where it is. And I was like, I know exactly where this is getting up. The, the weight limit for the division at the beginning of the season was 90 pounds. And so this was like week nine. So it was supposed to be like 94 and a half, 94. And I had already not made it with my gear. And I was like, it's going to be like 97, 98. And he goes, doot, 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 yeah, you weren't playing today. Like, I, I had one of those. I remember, I was because you could play in the same division for three years. Uh-huh. Right? And so we had won our division my first, first year there. We won our division the second year. So those who were still young enough were staying for the third year. And that was one. So that third year. Was that, that top was, of the that band. Was, that was top of the band, man. And I remember sitting, I remember. You know, we're talking about, you know, 10, 12 years old. Or, I mean, doing a steam in my bathroom. I remember having, like, soup for dinner the night before. Because I had a way in the next morning. Sucking on rocks. Yeah, man. Chewing gum and spitting. Oh, uh, man. And, that, and, and, you know, that one day, that one game when you don't make weight, it's like, oh, 
least I can eat. <laughs> but you got to sit there for the whole game with your jersey inside out, no shoulder pads, watch your team play. Man, that just blows. But uh, hey, that was okay. I hung out with the cheerleaders. It actually wasn't that bad. Yeah. We were gonna lose anyway. <laughs> See, we didn't lose. We didn't lose. We didn't lose regular season games. We lost a championship one year. Won, won a championship two years. We played all three years. All three years I played there. And you know, then I moved out here and first freaking. Pop Warner team I played on hadn't won a game in 20 centuries and ended up playing against the team that I came from. The, I mean, the you know, division up. And those guys, hey, you can't. Oh, yeah, we're getting our asses kicked. <laughs> we went, oh, I had, I'd gone so many years. I, in three years, I'd lost two games. And then I went to a team the next year that won no games. <laughs> And, and, and you you gained a lot I'm of I'm a character. better man for you it. You know, we don't get to shovel snow out here in Southern California, so you built character that way. Exactly. And here's, like, you know, I think, we mentioned, I think I mentioned this last week when we were talking about Chris Borland retiring. Like, I got coworkers who say, oh, I'm never going to let my kids play football. And I, if my kids don't want to play football, I'm going to look at them like... <laughs> You figure that shit out. <laughs> this, this is amazing. And You're like, we need a I, DNA test. Yeah, and, and I know for a fact that my kids, they're not playing in the NFL. Like, just genetically speaking, it's not going to happen. Some that's weird fine, thing. Some know? weird thing happens, and they do. But uh, generally, it, and if they do, then hey, doing the math, it ain't going to happen, right? Understand what an anomaly you are, <laughs> and if you feel like it's worth playing that game, knock yourself out, literally and figuratively. Hey, have a blast because you're going to get to play longer than I did. Well, that's the thing. I, I, it's, it's interesting you say that because every once in a while I'll be sitting around and, and you know, I you know, talk to my kids or something, and, and they'll go. So and so, he sucks. He's a professional yeah. freaking athlete. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you, can, you can relish their misfortune and, and pain and everything, but they don't suck. They don't and, suck. <laughs> I'm not going to try to sell football to my kids as, you know, hey, you're going to make money and glory and fame and Kardashians or whatever, but. You guys remember your last high school football game. Uh, yeah, of course. You remember the last time that you played football in an organized fashion. You remember where, when, the outcome, the things that made the game turn the way it did. You remember all that shit. And you're never going to lose that stuff. And we're going to sound like a bunch of old uh, has-beens or whatever's right now. But yeah, bring it to yeah, we lost a game. Lost, I remember the last game we played was in the college. Un- it's lost. unfortunate that most of the time your last game is a loss because if you if you won and, your last, and it's always a game you should have won, won your last game, it either means you're a champion or you didn't even make the playoffs. Because, <laughs> you know, if you, if you make the playoffs and you we lost fifty-two to nothing. Oh, hey now, <laughs> that's quarterback. It took so many hits by halftime. The coach is like, look, I know, I know you want to. Finish out, he said. But I'm afraid you're going to get hurt. He said. So you just you're just playing defense now. No, the good part of that was that I was safety, and he was just like, "We're losing 15 to nothing." He's like, "Blitz." I got that. I got the hit the quarterback so hard twice. I'm like, that was the plus side. The downside was 52 to nothing. We had a guy, uh, we had a kicker who could kick. He could kick field goals from 50 yards out. You guys could get close and enough. we didn't even score three points. <laughs> Fifty-two. Now, 
<laughs> in our defense, we played against Los Al. Oh, they were they were that year. They went to the finals. Yeah, they they they're like. But a whole season we like were. Poly. They're always. Yeah. They're always. Our whole like, season we were like one and ten yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. it was no surprise that we lost. It was just humiliating. Mm-hmm. But we played it over at uh, Cerritos College. Oh, that was our last. It's nice. nice a little game. rivalry, so they always filled up the stadium. Yeah, and, nice stadium. You know, it was uh, anyhow, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> I still got some bruises from that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up in a cold sweat. <laughs> Psychological bruises. <laughs> but as you pointed out, T-Bone, I remember it. You remember yeah, I remember it. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I actually was playing for a, a quote, semi-pro team my last game. And uh, we lost. We played in the Coliseum. We lost to a team from Miami. Damn Floridians. And the thing is, is uh, we lost by a field goal. And I actually, the field goal actually brushed my fingers, but I didn't get my hand, I didn't get a solid misdirect. It just like, it's right through the uprights. <laughs> I was so surprised I was in there. I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I never make it through. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not my gig. Get in there in the field goal thing. And I was like, all right. I played offense. <laughs> and that one special team thing. And, I, and every time I went out there, it was like never, it was never, never made it through. It was like the one chance I make it through, I just, oh, well, well. Huh. Yeah, look at here. <laughs> yeah, we we lost twelve to ten in the semis. See, mm. you don't forget. You're right. No. You, you, you're absolutely right. You don't forget. <laughs> But uh, if I would do it all over again, hell yeah! Uh, you know these guys. I hear these guys talking about uh, you know even pro pro, my pro ball players. I hear them go, "I wouldn't want my kid to play." Yeah, I would. My kid played. One of my kids played. And then, uh, I play all over again. Yeah. You know the thing is is, is 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 it's no surprise. Like I said, when I was listen, I'm older than you guys. I'm older than you by a lot. I'm older than you by quite a bit. And when I was in high school, we heard about concussions. We knew about concussions. Uh, were they treating them differently? Yes. Did they realize that the seriousness of the seriousness of them? Somewhat. I mean, you know, one guy I remember sitting there talking to one of my teammates and you know, he was talking about some weird stuff and he thought we were happy, we thought we were practicing and then we were in the middle of a game and I go, <laughs> Coach, you need to talk to this guy. He thinks we're at practice and they go, Oh, he's got a concussion, he's not gonna play. <laughs> so I mean, you know, the thing was it's not like they rushed to the hospital or anything. <laughs> no, like, but, but they said you, you can't play anymore. You're, there was recognition. Yeah, that this you is got, a you have a concussion, you can't play. And, you know that type of thing. So I mean, um, Treatment wise, may have improved, but we knew we knew the, yeah. we knew the risk. And it's the, like it's like we talked about the other day. It's like cigarette smoking. People go, "Oh, I didn't know." What do you mean? You know yeah, you that's, bullshit. that's just yeah. bullshit. You know, well, and, again, going and, back to that conversation we had on Friday, is you got the players that are say AD's age uh, played when he played. They're making pretty good money then, and more importantly, there were medical programs involved to, to like the guys. I feel more sympathy for or like the Dick Buckus era, era mm-hmm. where like football became famous, became big under them. And those guys were getting paid peanuts, peanuts. Yeah. Like they had to work. It's like, oh yeah, your helmet's not made of leather anymore. It's made of plastic. Yeah. But there's like nylon straps like a hard yeah. hat, you know, holding And in the off season you're, you're, you're selling cars. You yeah, know? or dishwashers or whatever. You yeah. know, it's like those guys sacrificed their bodies. 
NFL got big and rich, and they got nothing. You know, they they're they're paying their own medical bills, which were clearly related you know to what? their injuries. <laughs> Those guys, they feel sorry for. Anything after that era is just like you were saying with the cigarettes. It's like, you know, okay, a hundred years ago, maybe you maybe you didn't know how dangerous that stuff could be. Fifty years ago. <laughs> This, you know, 25 years ago, forget about it. It's just, you, you, you know. People, you hear people go, oh, you know, you know this freaking corporation is evil, blah, blah, And usually I go, well, you know, wait a second now. It, it, it wasn't always this big, massive corporation. It was a small business guy who had an idea. He created this and he grew, blah, blah, blah. And it felt completely different. Because <laughs> none of these freaking rich guys that run this massive enterprise created anything as far as that sport is concerned, right? <laughs> They're like boys with toys is what they are. Yeah. And the, the people who are actually putting their all are out there on the field, right? And you just, you know, you just bought in type of thing. So, yeah, that's kind of an evil corporation. <laughs> but it's all adults making decisions that portraying to personal, personal life with all the knowledge they need to know in the world. And if you want like to... I look at, I like at Junior Seau, and I, like, that's a tragedy that that happened. However... You know, here's the thing. The guy... We, we automatically... Again, allowed, didn't know... We all... We did know exactly what was right. going on. But we all... They got paid a pile of money. ...individuals... To do it. ...to connect the dots for us. And I'm not sure all the times those dots are necessarily connected the way we we are told they're connected. Are, did somebody say, did somebody, you know, take a look at all these brains from all these people who died in, in tragic ways, and was there a similarity across the board? Yes, I, I will give them that. But is that similarity what caused them to do what they did each time? And I don't know. I don't know if I... I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my point is that, yeah. like... It's a tragedy that he died right. that in that fashion that he committed suicide and all that. But uh, we've all known people who commit suicide who didn't right. play football. Exactly. And 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 he maybe he almost certainly was in a great deal of pain and he was dealing with a whole bunch of stuff from okay, well, I get it. But that's the thing. it's a whole lot easier to I've been poor. Okay. <laughs> and I've been depressed. And I'm still here. And I, I've lived with quite a bit of pain at times and I'm still here. And and my point is is I feel bad. I mean, I, I don't want to belittle the issue, but the guy, it's like the whole smoking thing. He joined this whole fraternity. He joined this sport at a time where everybody knew what the potential consequences were. And he was fucking filthy rich. Filthy freaking rich. Lived in a great place. Played it's hard 20 to, years. Uh, I'm not going to. I mean, again, I. I and not, and we it's don't. sad, but and I, I can't feel a whole bunch of Before you Sorry start texting me and, and <laughs> we know that money doesn't solve everything. It's obvious. We, we, how many people we know, that, I mean, you know, whatever. You, you could be the lead singer of NXS and still. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's a situation where tons of people in tons of uh, professions have chosen that way out, okay? There are a lot of people, they say there's a lot of people in law enforcement who commit suicide. I think if you check their brains, it's not the same issue that you talk about with NFL. But then, then people say, well, a lot of people in law enforcement automatically have easy access to guns because most of them carry guns, so then it's easy for them to commit suicide when they're depressed. 
Might be true, might be not. Correlation not, does not equal causation. Hey, there you go, man. Thank you. Thank you. So I was trying to get to that point, and I couldn't remember the exact. But that, exactly, and I think what we've taken here is what we've taken here is yes. Are there are there injuries in football? Absolutely. Are there brain injuries in football? Absolutely. There's brain injuries in a lot of different ways, and traumatic brain injuries in a lot of different ways. You know, you got guys coming back from you know fighting in the war. Or they say there's a lot of vets that are killing themselves. But are, do all those vets have brain injuries? Not necessarily. But have they seen shit that really just rocks their world that they can't deal with? Yes. And you like you talked about, been poor, been depressed, you know, and choosing your own way out is, you know, whatever. I mean, you, Dr. Kevorkian made a living <laughs> helping people <laughs> get to the light. <laughs> but, the express lane. Exactly. But the bottom line is when you're an adult... And you choose to do a job, whether that job is being on a scaffold and, you know, building construction and stuff like that. There are risks involved. It's like the, the, your crossing, the crossing guard, when I was in junior high school, the crossing guard got run over and died. <laughs> <laughs> got killed. So, no matter which kind you pick up a fish, there are risks involved, man. And, and, and as an adult, we, get a, we have that ability to make a decision what we want to do. And you understand all the consequences. Live with the consequences. You, that's exactly right. Word. Word. <laughs> no, get rid of move this soapbox out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> this is T-Bone timeout. <laughs> um, crap for crap. We're a couple weeks away from Major League Baseball opening day. And uh, yeah, a week and a half. From He's going to opening day. You're, oh, you're going no, a day after opening day. You're going right. a day after. I, so I want to go to opening day, but my wife uh, works out that opening day, uh, that whole week, uh, ties in nicely with spring break for my kids. So I was like, oh, dude, I'm going to opening day. It was my thought process. And then it turns out my wife, she had stuff she can't do. So we're well, going the day could, after. You going two days in a row. You said, yeah, I'm going to business no, business. No, no, no. We're going to businessman special. No, remember, yeah, what busy. remember my theory. You never want to be outnumbered. <laughs> oh, no, you would have been outnumbered. I would have been outnumbered. <laughs> Two kids to my one. So I'm like, no. That was a, that was given to you by a wise man, yeah, wasn't it? Wise man. <laughs> so, Who was outnumbered? <laughs> was definitely outnumbered. So uh, we're going on Tuesday. Uh, it's against the Padres, which is kind of fun because the Padres. Uh, oh yeah, we talked about this because it's usually the Giants. It's usually the, the Giants. It, well, it, it goes back and forth within back the forth. state of California. I've been to two opening days. Maybe it was every other year or whatever, but maybe it was a year in between. I should say. But I've been to two opening days, and both times it was against it was against the, the Gigantes. Yeah, it, it happens a lot. It definitely they tend to. They tend to do it that way, but I think, I think, I want to say last year was the Rockies, but every once in a while they got to throw some of the other guys in because yeah. people get a little miffed about that. But uh, so it should be fun. Should be. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, and uh, I, you know, I'm obviously a Dodger fan, but I think the Padres they got a good looking team, man. He they've got, they've got, they do really good pitching. With more offense than they've had in a long yeah. while. They got this kid Kemp right here. Um, pretty good. And he's going to have to prove himself, which <laughs> that's will. exactly what he needs, yeah. right? He's that guy. He's he's going to – I think he's going to have a just killer – unless he gets hurt, he's no, going to have no. a killer everybody, year. Everybody who used to be a Dodger always comes out with a bang, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, barring an injury, he's going to have a killer year, I think. And that bodes well for the Padres, I think. It would be nice for them to reap the benefits of that effect for a change because the Padres have done nothing but 
get people ready right. and then give them away to other teams, especially pitchers, to go well. Yeah. So, so they look good. I I think they they could easily they could easily end up in first because Tony Gwynn he played his whole career there. Right? He did. Yeah. See, you know we were talking about you know he was talking you know AD was talking about the, the basketball. And, and and I mentioned last week that Kristen Leitner is one of the last guys that's been all four years, you know, at his school in play. But uh, you know, in the professional level, on the professional level, very few guys spend their whole career with one team anymore. I think uh, um, number two um, uh, for the Yankees, guys. Jeter. Jeter. Jeter did, and you got uh, Gwen and uh, just a handful of guys in the last, you know, I don't know, 20, 20, 15, 20 years. Uh, yeah, and place. you know the free agency has had a positive and negative effect on that whole idea because initially, when guys all of a sudden had a choice of who the, a choice in heavy quotation marks of who they could sign with and play for, you know, free agency kind of trashed things for a while. That's true, but it also corrected in the sense that teams knew. If they wanted to keep a guy, they were going to have to pay him competitively. They were going to have to make it worth his while to stay. And you still get the hometown discount idea that plays out every now and then. But teams have shown more willingness on occasion recently to keep a guy that otherwise would have been gone, you know, 10, 20 years ago. They would just, oh, yep. Screw you. You're past your mm-hmm. your date on your milk bottle. You're done. Expired. So <laughs> I think we're seeing it kind of balance out to a point where a few more guys are going to do that. Because it seemed like that was a dying You think breed. so? I, could, I think so. Honestly, I do. You think Yasiel Puig was going to be a Dodger for life? No. Not I think Yasiel Puig is living the Cuban-American dream. And well, he's Kershaw gonna, might. Kershaw might. Yeah. I can see Kershaw. Yeah, I could absolutely see Kershaw being a Dodger for his entire career. And then he'll be in the front office, and he'll be like mm-hmm. Kofax, be pitching oh, coach. I could totally see that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as he can get his teeth fixed. Hey, man, he's too busy spending his time uh, in the offseason building houses in the Circumcising little kids or yeah. whatever Missions. it is. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a, you know what? Cool. There's no, you can't, there's nothing bad to say about that kid. That kid is, uh, he's a solid human being. Man. He is. Yeah. Absolutely. He's Tebow with more talent. You <laughs> <laughs> oh, said Tebow, not Tebowed. <laughs> I would not dare put myself in their echelon. Want, that's why I was a long talent, talent be damned. <laughs> I was stepping away from the, uh, the lightning strike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, no, I, I think that we are seeing. People who, you know, of this, not like the the hipster young kids now, but, you know, people my age who are like, my age is ball players who are past the novelty stage of their professional career. Guys who are 30 right now, like they made it through the, oh, you made it past the the average career and done stage. And they're now in the, how are we going to, I don't think they're talking about defining legacies, you know. I mean, LeBron obviously is because he's at that point in his career already. But other guys who are 30, they've been in, in professional sports for like seven, eight years. They're, they're trying to hold on, and if they can find a niche with the people that already like them, 
why would they try to reinvent themselves somewhere else unless they really need a change of scenery? And I think some guys really appreciate what you can get out of that whole thing. Well, you brought up an interesting point, and I want to ask you guys because we were all in different. We're all there's ten years differences and stuff. Like fourteen years, but <clears throat> I remember I remember watching guys play. You know that were my age. Okay, that game. I remember watching you guys play, okay, you know, these guys are, you know, just got drafted, you know, we're the same age. I remember watching guys pull, you know, start to leave the game, you know, and you're like, ah, oh, dude, why are you leaving? Because, you know, personally, you feel like, you feel like, I can still play, you know, realistically, you know, I can't, but you, but you think that way, right? right? And then I started realizing that the guys that I, that are my age now are, they, then they became, you know, Talking heads, sports reports, whatever, and now you start to see, you know, my, you start to see younger guys come in, working with the guys that are my age now, and it, it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird feeling each each step of the way. Now you, you just mentioned you like, you're the guys your age now, been in the league x number of years, you know, in another couple of years, those guys are gonna start dropping like flies. Yeah. You still feel like, dude, you should be able to still play, and you, you're at that point now where I was talking about a little while ago, where those guys. You know they're, you know they're they're announcers and stuff like that. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird thing when you you look at it. You know you're looking at a guy that you know is kind of in the same age category. You remember when he was a rookie. You remember where you were in life, and then you go and go, and then you kind of like like me. Now I'm looking at that guy going, damn, you got a lot of gray hair. And then you go, I look, I you know you Wikipedia and go, oh my god, I'm like a month older than him. Do I look that old? You know, it's kind of this weird thing. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. As you grow older, you kind of judge things like that. I don't know, you guys go through that same stuff? I did. Um, what's his name? Uh, quarterback for uh, Green Bay. Um, Favre. Yeah. He and I are like a year apart or something No way. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe two years. But like, so, when he was so much older than you. Yeah, I know. I know, I know. But he retired when he was like officially, right? Yeah. After however like many the, times the, he quit. The, uh, <laughs> when he was 41, I think, right? It's, even, like that. even then, I was He was saying, either a year older or a year younger see, than He was weird about that because even then, I'm thinking... Dude, you still got three good years left in you. <laughs> I just remember, I just remember because I played quarterback. And, uh, obviously, nowhere near that. But I, I, the first time we retired, I think it was thirty nine, right? I, I could be wrong, but he was right about there, and I was right about there, and I was like, wow, if, if I had made, I'd, I'd be retiring, <laughs> which was an odd thing to think when you're thirty nine, like you're retired. Like that's that was what was weird for me. It was like mm. the idea that. You'd be retiring because I'm nowhere near retiring, right? <laughs> and I wasn't playing football. I was still nowhere near retiring. And I was like, wow, that's an odd. Can you imagine what that'd be like being 39, 38 and a half, 39, uh, whatever it was, right around there, and retiring from a career, and in his case at least, a very successful career. Yeah. And, I mean, that would be even harder, right? I mean, it's like like you're broken down, you're beat up. He'd had a number of good years, and you're like, oh, wow. And you Great, you know, it's like, wow, that would be that. So I started, I kind of like, like you're talking about, I, I dealt with that in like a weird sort of way. Like, wow, that, how weird would that be to be like, I'm now about to be 40 and I'm retiring from something I'm presumably all loved. And, all, all your life, loved, too. And, and did well, right? <laughs> I mean, he certainly did well. And that, so along those lines, yeah, yeah. That, that's where it hit me probably was. Prior to that, and since then, not so much. But but that was a weird sort of. 
It's it's weird. Yeah. You know? Also, you know, I'll be watching something. Like I was I was looking. Uh, the internet's a rabbit hole. It is a freaking <laughs> rabbit hole. So I was reading something. It led me to something else. It led me to a Pinterest board. Pinterest board led me to uh, somebody had posted all these boards of actors, and based on the year they were born. And so I I, I was in that rabbit hole for. <laughs> I don't know, far longer, much longer than I should have been, and it was the same thing. It's like, oh my god, so and so, no way he's younger than me. Uh, well, no, you know, this is it's, it's kind of a thing. But you're you're not there quite yet. But you, I mean, you start to see. I'm, I'm sure you start to see some guys start to go. You know, you're like, oh my god, he's a. You know, they start talking about. I know when it really hit me in my younger years is when I would hear like sports guys going. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know how many years he's got left. He's getting old. I'm like, what do you mean he's getting old? Man? <laughs> <laughs> and that's right around the 30s when they mm-hmm. start talking about, as an athlete, you know, they start talking about, I don't know, yeah, you're, you know, so-and-so's 33 years old. I don't know how many years he's got left. You know? yeah. yeah, it's weird because, I mean, I uh, I obsess about sports more than I should. You know, surprise. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we all have to have an obsession. Look at what's yeah. Peter's. What's Peter's obsession? Yeah. <laughs> Studio decorating. <laughs> the uh, two wheels at a time. <laughs> yeah, so Brett Favre was born one month before. Me. <laughs> oh my god, I thought he was closer to my age. Nope. I, I was one month. Good. One I, month I, and I two guess days. I should have realized that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was still playing when all my all my peers were long gone. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I had. Friends I grew up with, went to high school with, played with, who played in college and even the NFL, and all that stuff went away in a hurry, you know. And so I, that helped me to an extent get a little bit of perspective on the, you know, the NFL or professional sports or whatever is not the end of your life part. Right. Because that's something that people don't think about. Um, but yeah, it is bizarre to think of people my age being called old and over the hill. Because you <laughs> know, lost step. If, if you yeah, lost if, step. If, you're, yeah. if you're a running back in the NFL and you're my age, you're old balls. <laughs> you had a successful career. The only reason you're still around is because you're a savage motherfucker. <laughs> like Marshawn Lynch, I think is a year or two older than me, and he will screw you up. But beyond that, guys, he's that, coming back for another guys year. my age. At that position, like the long gone, the man. tires have just about run out of tread. Yeah, and it's weird. But yeah, it's interesting. American football is a great game. Quit ruining it. Uh, we already talked a little bit about the March madness. madness. Yeah. Well, we can do it. You can do that. It's eleven oh two. Give 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 the give the standings. Swoop's not in last place because Ashley has a dummy bracket down there with no picks made. So Swoop is technically in 10th out of 11. But realistically, in last place. Right, right, behind, uh, right behind Henry Bigelow, who's one, one and, and a half, half years, years old. old. Thanks for reminding me. That's okay because his, his 28-year-old father is only one step above him. And I want more games than him. Last year's champion, Azure is uh, <laughs> right in that whole neck of the woods. Oh, what did I do here? I apparently Azure is uh, in seventh place with she's only got thirty-one correct picks here. Uh, 
Fabian, Brian, Frank. Ashley is in third. Yes. With the same number of correct games chosen as me, but just different upset points there. I'm in second. And Pedro <laughs> on top. <laughs> That's just not right. It isn't. You know, I agree 100%. It's definitely not. As, as someone said, as a home office said, <laughs> I said, uh, oh, Pedro flipped the coins, flipped coins, and he is leading the pack. <laughs> and I was told, he told you guys he flipped coins. <laughs> no, I, I flipped coins. <laughs> he, he studies everything. He probably studied everything about. NCAA <laughs> basketball all year long. No, no, not in this case. Definitely not. <laughs> Sometimes that's true. <laughs> Look at that, man. I got one freaking bonus point. Peter's got 37. <laughs> you got to pick some ups- upsets, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. You've won 10 more games than him. And you're in second place. Uh, I, as soon as I set it up, I thought about changing it back to the default scoring this year. No, you know what? I, th- I, like, think, that, uh, I think that's a cool way to do it, actually. Upsets are fun. Yeah, they're fun. It makes it makes it more more fun. It makes it more challenging. Until Peter breaks the whole machine. Mm, hey man, who's Brian? Brian's really gonna be pissed because he's gotten more correct picks than Brian, anybody. Brian's my coworker who wrecked his car yesterday. So he's, <laughs> he's got bigger fish to fry up. Really rough <laughs> <laughs> the universe is shitting on him this week. And oh, I, that's in why I told multiple him. ways. <laughs> that guy's standing on a pair of pelican just flew over there. Yeah, that's why I've told him multiple times over the last couple of years. Like, yeah, dude, your 20s are going to suck. It's okay. Oh. It gets better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He's hating us. Oh, that's, funny. <laughs> that's fine. He'll oh, gosh. There you have it. Another edition of T-Bones Time Out. Hey, we want to thank Todd Mill for joining us this this week. Sorry, I missed you, Todd. Uh, always interesting to listen to Todd and have a chance to chat with him. Next week on Swoops World, Cabin Thomas will be calling in from... <laughs> Sorry, man. Swoops <laughs> throwing stuff at me. <laughs> from uh, your neck of... Oh, I think he's calling in from Omaha. Uh, oh, Omaha. Omaha. Cabin, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a former chocolate chip dancer. Uh, just a real interesting guy. He may very well be the true most interesting man in the world. Any last uh, words of wisdom, guys? Nope. I mean, it's not a difficult question. You can redo your bracket uh, for the Sweet 16 if you really want to, if you got as boned as I did. <laughs> well, well, we are here each week, Wednesday nights, at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Central. As we always say, dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. Good night. Peace. And opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.